This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Spectacular. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the by lighting up. Boy. From my friends. The star of the show. Oi. Oi. I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oy. This Oy. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. A federal appeals court is backing the Manhattan DA's request and issuing an administrative stay, barring a former prosecutor at his office from testifying before the House Judiciary Committee. Mark Pomerantz was subpoenaed as part of the committee's investigation into whether federal funds were used to investigate former President Trump. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg claims the subpoena is an attempt by committee chair Jim Jordan to intimidate and harass his investigation into Trump. House lawmakers passed a Republican bill that bans transgender athletes from women's schools sports. The bill would change Title IX's definition of sex and base it explicitly on someone's genetics at birth. It passed along party lines in the House and is expected to go nowhere in the Democratic-controlled Senate. Today is a great day for America. For fairness, for families, and most importantly, for female athletes. We are coming on the air with some breaking news. We have just learned that all charges are going to be dropped against award-winning actor Alec Baldwin. This comes on the day that his movie Rust was set to resume following that fatal on-set shooting. President Biden could announce his bid for re-election as soon as next week. The president is nearing a formal launch with a video release. While the president has not officially signed off on a date, sources say he is eyeing next Tuesday, the 25th. That day marks four years since he entered the 2020 race. The president has previously said he intends to run for a second term. Yes, it's a Disco Friday. It's back, folks. Disco Friday. 
We did this a couple times months and months ago, but we went away from it because Lou Rufino, the great Lou Rufino, hates disco. He hates it. He hates it so much. He's like, I don't hate it. No, you hate it, Lou. And it's like pulling teeth. But uh, Lou's got COVID. Lou and his lovely fiance MJ, both have COVID. You know, it's the first time they both got it, which is pretty amazing. So he's out until at least Tuesday. So Justin Ellick is, as I said uh, about five minutes ago, doing the work of nine people. Hey, do me a favor, Blaze. Let uh, Marlena Shelba, when she's out the other glass door, doing the work of nine people. And uh, it's not a good thing. I mean, I know Curtis Sleeper went to Chad yesterday and complained, and I haven't complained yet because I've got too many complaints. No, I don't care. People get mad. Yes, I complain on the air. That's what I do. That's what I do. This is my time to talk, and and uh, my audience uh, at times it's almost like laying on a couch, you know. And we need more than one person on this show. They took Macedonia fell away from me. I still have no idea why. To run the board for eight hours for shows that get one third the ratings that I get. I just don't understand it. You don't break up a championship team. You know, find somebody else. And to make matters worse, they take away Phil, and they don't add anybody. So now Lou is out six, and now Kenneth, who I believe is part of the Frank Morano team. Oh, yeah. He's been a uh, good sport this week and staying late and doing a very good job and helping us out tremendously. Thank you, Kenneth. But he's only a short-term answer. He doesn't work on this show. He works for Frank Morano. So you would think at some point somebody would figure out, oh, my God, Sid show needs some help. And Alec now is, for example, this morning, cutting up all the sound. I did an interview, which I'll play at 740 with Brian Kilmeade. He took care of that. Tapes Brian Kilmeade's New York Minutes every single morning, printing out stories. All the stuff that usually three people do, Lou, Luke Lograno, Macedonia Phil, Alec is doing all by himself, and it's just not right. So, so, but uh, he is running the board today. Yeah. So we're back on a disco Friday, and I love that song. Friends, Jolie, come to me. Cute song. Cute song. Yeah. Is that not the right word to yeah, describe? Stupid word. Yeah, quite a cute song. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no, you don't know. even know about the disco era because what year were you born? Nineteen ninety-six. Oh my God! Way past that. The disco era, I think, died. If I had a guess, early to mid-80s, you know, Studio 54, I think, closed for good in 81 or 82. Uh, I was, you know, alive and well during those days and went to discos all the time, underground on Friday nights. I've been over this a million times. Xenons, Bedrocks, the Palladium, did my fair share of Brooklyn clubs, Wavelengths in Bay Ridge. I did the... um, well, the one in Bensonhurst, I forgot the name of it, but I, the fun house I was there for that. I was at some place on Knapp Street also in Brooklyn. I forgot the name of that one, too. But I was at all Heat Waves, East 16th Street, Cheapset Bay Road. I was there. And like I said, I did all the Manhattan clubs, all of them, all the big ones. And it was a, it was a great time. And I still love that music. Nothing gets you going more than a good disco song, especially on a Friday, because... You know Saturday Night Fever, how that worked. John Travolta worked all week long in the paint store just to spend all his money at 2001, a dance club in Brooklyn, on a Friday night. And that was a movie, but that was real life, man. And it was fun. And you kids today, I don't know what you got. I guess you go to bars, right? Go to bars. Yeah, we got, like, house music now, though. That house music is the <clears throat> worst. It's one 
long song. Yeah, and if you're not on drugs, to be honest, it right. sucks. I don't exactly. agree. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Oh, like the disco don't... music was great, but I was on drugs back then, too. Get right. I'm sorry. You don't like EDM, Sid? Come on. What is that called now? It's called EDM. EDM. That's what, like, that's a, a form of house music. No, it's the electronic no, dance it's just, music. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why you guys are all so stupid. You don't know anything good. I mean, nothing. I mean, TV these days is awful. You got 55-year-old women sitting around uh, yelling at each other on the Bravo channel. They just taped the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion yesterday. That, that is... That is Swiller with a capital S. TV's terrible. There's no good uh, sitcoms. There's one good drama, Blue Bloods, that's about it. I mean, yeah, the streaming networks do a very good job. And movies are still okay, but even they're not as good. Nothing, and I know I sound like my father, I know I do, and my grandfather. I'm 56 years old, I've got experience. Nothing is as good today as it was 30 years ago, except for porn. Because, at least now, they groom and shave and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Girls are actually hot. There's no Merkins out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's all I'll give you is porn. That's it. I mean, Noam, you're, um, you're not as old as me, but you're close. Even sports, I mean, it's not even close. Not even close. Would you agree that maybe outside of porn, there's nothing today that's better than anything from 25 or 30 years ago? I do love the Real Housewives of New Jersey, oh, and there wasn't anything like that show. 25 or 30 oh, years ago. Show. But you know what I? You know what we you don't know, have. I, it? I, I told you they were all. Every one of them was right. literally three blocks away yesterday, because they stayed at the Palace Hotel. Oh yeah, right here on 50th and Madison, because they taped the reunion last night till like midnight. So you could have met Dolores or Teresa or Melissa, any one of these, or Margaret, hmm. any one of these crazy people. That's too bad. Yeah, no, it's not. It's fine. Trust me. So you like that? What else you like today? You know, no, I was going to say what I think I miss the most is we don't have those collective moments anymore. So back when we were kids, you'd watch TV and everybody had watched the same show that night, and you talked about it the next day. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. Well, we had that with Game of Thrones too. Oh, like, no, the not really. shows, stop it! Get that Game with. of Thrones. Please, I'm begging you to stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just I trying mean, to tie it all together. No, here. you can't do it. Okay, you get up on a Tuesday night when we were teenagers and. Forget about Game of Thrones. That's on. A, that was on HBO. It was. It was a. It was a. It was a cable network. Here we had channels. We had four channels, right? So you had Channel Seven, ABC. Right. Tuesday night, eight o'clock, Happy Days. Eight thirty, Laverne and Shirley. Nine o'clock, Three's Company. Nine thirty, Nine to Five, and Ten o'clock, Heart to Heart. That was an amazing night. Even later. Shows that I didn't even like all that much, like Friends on a Thursday night. That was appointment television. That was great. But Cosby younger, Show. Cosby Show, yes. We don't have that anymore. No. Got nothing. Again, Blue Bloods. i got to hear about Blue Bloods one more time. Now, look, Bo Deedle is on Blue Buds, uh, Bloods tonight, and he is amazing. I've seen the episode. And I know you think I just suck up to Bo because I love him. That may be true to a certain extent, but he really is a great actor. And tonight on Blue Bloods... He is terrific, but that's all they talk about is one show, Blue Blood, Blue Blood, Blue Blood. Are you kidding me? There were 9,000 police dramas. NYPD Blue was amazing, better than Blue Bloods. Hill Street Blues was amazing. There's a million shows, a million. The best crime drama still to this day, and they got to make a statue of Dick Wolf in every city, is Law & Order. I mean, I go back and I watch replays five years ago, ten years ago, 20 years ago. They still hold up. He's, a, he's an amazing TV guy, Dick Wolf. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. And he's had, like, 20 other series that have come out of I know. Water. 
Well, I don't like the Chicago stuff all that much. You got, to me, you got a little saturated at that point, but he's just amazing. But even when I was really young, they had, like, Starsky and Hutch. They had uh, the great Buddy Epson, Barnaby Jones. He never missed a shot, never. What am I missing? So, well, the Charlie's one, Angels. Charlie's Angels. You had, uh, what was her name, the hot one that Sinatra loved? He loved her. She played a female uh, police lady, Angie Dickinson. Oh, yeah. 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 Piece of ass. You, d- you didn't like the Charlie's Angels movie? Stupid. No. Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Terrible. and Lucy Liu? No. no good. No. You need Farrah Fawcett. First of all, Jacqueline Smith was the prettiest by far, but mm-hmm. you need Farrah Fawcett or... I think that movie gave me my first direction. What? No. Huh? It just goes to show you. See, every every time Justin Alec talks, he proves my point. It's just, I mean, you're beautiful for that. Every time you talk, you prove my point. Yeah. yeah anyway. Yeah. So we're back to Disco Friday today. So we hope you're in a dancing good mood. Well, getting ready for Vinny Madunio. He plays some of that stuff, doesn't he? I've never heard his show, but I like the kid a lot. I love him. Yeah. But, he follows me on Instagram. He's still waiting for me to follow him back. That's a great story. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's still waiting for me to follow him back. So there is some, I guess, relatively breaking news. All of the liberal Democrat networks started this morning with Joe Biden. Your president, Gnome, Joe Biden, is set to announce that he is running for president once again, coming up in 2024. The rumor is he's going to make a video announcement, and he's going to do it as early as Tuesday. So all the back and forth. Like yesterday, for example, I was in a business meeting with uh, Greg Kelly. I don't like Greg. Greg's a smart guy. In fact, at the end of the meeting, one of the guys, I guess he felt some tension. He goes, hey, do you guys get along? And I'm like, yeah. Greg's like, yeah, we've got a rivalry. There's no rivalry, by the way. <laughs> Two seven to a seven seven. There's no rivalry. Uh, I like Greg. Smart guy. Good radio show. Really good TV show. It's all good. But he, um, they asked me who I thought would win the presidency. And I said, well, I hope it's going to be Donald Trump. But my fear is, is that Joe Biden's going to win again. And Kelly said, I don't think he's going to run. And you may remember my late partner, Bernard, who I still miss and love to this day, he kept saying the same thing years ago. He ain't going to run. He ain't going to run. Then he had that big day on that Tuesday, then more big days, and eventually he was just wrong every step of the way, Bernie, with Biden. But Kelly said the same thing yesterday. He, he's not going to run. He's going to run. And not only is he going to run unless he dies, which is a possibility. I hate to say that. It is a possibility. Unless he dies, he's the favorite. Doesn't mean he's going to win. The favorite doesn't always win. I tried to explain that to Lou Rufino a couple of days ago when we talked about the Rangers-Devil series. When Lou just couldn't, he wouldn't listen. The Devils were the favorite in this series. If you want to bet this series, you got underdog money on the Rangers. That doesn't mean the Rangers are not the better team. And by the way, two games in New Jersey, the Rangers have obliterated the Devils, outscored them 10-2, to won 5-1 to two nights ago, and won 5-1 to last night as well. But the Rangers are the underdog. And I do believe Trump would be an underdog to Biden. So with that said, bring I brought up the New York Rangers, they did go out there for a game two last night in New Jersey. And the consensus was the Devils much like the Cavaliers. You remember game one of that Knicks series, the Knicks killed Cleveland on the road. Cleveland came out game two at home, and they blew out the Knicks. By the way, game three of that Nick Cavalier series tied at one later on tonight at Madison Square Garden. And lots of folks thought, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Joe Nolan did, that the Devils 
would come out for game two like the Cavaliers did against the Knicks. But I got news for you. The Rangers are just much better. It's not even youth. Yes, the Devils are younger. The Rangers have more experience. But every line the Rangers send out is a Hall of Famer. It is unbelievable. They may not win the Cup. Boston is still the favorite, although Boston did lose to Florida a couple nights ago. But every line the Rangers send out outside the kid line, and they're all good. Well, three of those guys are good. Hall of Famers all over the ice. So the Devils jump out to a one nothing lead last night. And, as my dear friend Warner Wolf used to say, if you're a New Jersey fan, you should have shut your sets off right about there. Lindbergh with it. Now Adam Fox makes a move, drops it back. Tarasenko scores! Outside to Fox. Back to Kane. Kreider at the side of the crease. Kreider deflection! Nice play by Kane. Patrick Kane, excellent play. Gets to it. He's got Kreider. He moves in. He scores! Patrick Kane with a beauty of a goal. And it's 4-1 Rangers. Play by Hedles. It crests the And there you heard it, Sam Rosen, all those goal calls alongside Joe Micheletti on MSG. And the final call from my dear friend Kenny Albert that was on TBS. The Rangers, two games to nothing, game three at the Garden tomorrow night. Knicks and Cavs coming up later on tonight. Great guest list Coming your way this morning, we start with my friend Marlena Chavo. Always very interesting. Funny. She'll be here at 640. Curtis Sliwa, he's coming up at 705. Brian Kilmeade, he'll be here at 740. We'll do Nuggets with Gnome coming up at 825. The great defense attorney, Arthur Idala, coming up at 840. And Mr. NBA on Sirius XM, Brian Geltzada, talks about the Knicks and all those great NBA series coming up at 905. As always, the number. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. It's a Disco Friday with me, Sid Rosenberg, Franz Jolie, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. 
Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Johnson, stop on your Disco Friday right here on Sid Rosenberg Show, Talk Radio 77, WABC, Marlena Chavo, Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, Arthur Idala, Brian Geltzada, Noam Layden, all about to come your way. I love Disco Fridays. For now on, I don't care what Lou says. When he gets back from COVID, he has to deal with it. That's it. It's your show, bro. No, no, but people forget that sometimes. Do you remember? Yeah, but not Lewis. There's a Lewis. couple of people not on the show anymore because they seem to forget that. Yeah, yeah but Lewis doesn't forget that. No, Lewis does not. Lewis is very, very respectful. Noam Layton, I, you know, I notice I can see the newsroom out of the corner of my left eye and Franz Dolain to start the show, come to me. This one, the Brothers Johnson stomp, I do notice. I get the old uh, white man overbite head bob from Noam Layton. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. I see it. You do love that yeah, song. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is there any disco song that uh, you want me to play this morning for you? That actually is one of the best, but I, I have to think. All right. Did you do the disco thing way back Oh, when? of course. Yeah. I remember taking disco dancing lessons. No, you didn't. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Swear to God. Just swear to God. And where were you living at the time? Trenton, New Jersey. Trenton, which is a horrible place. Oh, it was god-awful, yeah. yes. And, yeah. and where did you take these uh, dance lessons? Uh, in someone's basement. In somebody's basement? Yeah. That doesn't sound creepy. Uh, no, it was fine. It was like yeah. a family basement, and some did, teacher did, came in and taught yeah, us all sure. how to do moves. Did you dance with your uncle before or after you had sex? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Usually both, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So were any good at any point? Could you I was. In? So you walked into a club like JT on a Friday night, and you had fat girls going, I love to watch you dance, Noel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm still pretty good, actually, oh, because good. of those lessons I learned. Sure. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some video. You know, Curtis Sliwa is always telling me what a great thing, because he loves loves disco, and he's always telling me what a great dancer he is. I've never seen it. And Bernie would come in after the Christmas party every year and go, he really, he'd look at Curtis and go, oh, my God, that poor bastard missed the polio vaccine. (laughs) 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 So, but I I believe you, Norm. I think you're probably a great dancer. Yeah. Very, very good. I'll do the hustle for you later. (laughs) Oh, I love the hustle. Oh, I love the hustle. Arthur Idala, we're going to talk about your statements yesterday. That you endorse torture. I do, especially you, Artie. And you don't care how the criminals are treated. That's true. And you're like Nancy Grace. No, I didn't say that. That I didn't say. I did not say. See, this is where even smart people like Arthur Idala get themselves into trouble. I actually complained about Nancy Grace. Because Nancy Grace contains you're guilty until proven innocent. But I did say I'm all for torture. 
And most of the time, even though many of my friends are criminals, for real, I don't care how they're treated in jail. So, Artie, you got two out of three right. As Meatloaf once said, two out of three ain't bad. Rumors coming out of Miami. We did some Ranger talk in the first segment that uh, a certain quarterback named Tom Brady is doing the old Brett Favre, Mike Francesa deal. He's talking about unretiring again and playing for the Miami Dolphins. Miami's got two at quarterback, but, of course, he's literally one hit away from eating soup with a straw the rest of his life. Campbell's chunky. (laughs) He is seriously one concussion away from being a complete vegetable. So Brady is talking about playing, uh, playing the Dolphins. And, of course, he played in the state of Florida the last couple of years in Tampa Bay. But So keep your eye uh, out for that. Brady may not be done just yet. So Jonathan Turley was on with Brian Kilmeade. He's going to join me at 740 this morning, Brian Kilmeade. And he was talking about this Hunter Biden council. Hunter Biden's council is out there attacking the IRS whistleblower. The whistleblower says the IRS is doing a terrible job. And he's right, a terrible job with how they're handling the Biden case. So what do you do then? Then you get on the offense. You get your attorney to hammer the whistleblower. Hopefully it's not going to work. We'll see. This is John Turley. This will be cut number three, Justin, on Hunter Biden's attorney, the way he's treating the IRS whistleblower. There is obviously the allegation of perjury. It's also a crime to interfere with IRS investigations. So these things do bring you into the criminal code. It's also important, as I keep on saying, that uh, there is the secondary question as well. Whether or not there is evidence of crime, there is ample evidence of corruption. That's what influence peddling is. There's ample evidence of millions of dollars going to the Biden family. Congress has an equal interest in that. In fact, Congress is the primary body to investigate that, since the Department of Justice investigates crimes. So there's a lot here that we have to unravel. What was ironic about the attack by Hunter Biden's counsel on this whistleblower is that Hunter Biden just recently called on the IRS to investigate his critics. So it was a rather odd moment for them to have this pearl-clutching scene that they were appalled that a whistleblower went to Congress. I've represented whistleblowers. This is how whistleblowers have to proceed. So if you want the definition of how to never get an answer, I'll give it to you. The definition of how you never get an answer is ask Corinne Jean-Pierre, a question, and you'll never get an answer. Why? Why is that, Sydney? I'll tell you why. Because she's stupid. I don't care if she's black. I don't care if she's gay. I don't care if she's got one leg or 19 fingers. She's stupid. Unlike Jen Psaki, who was smart, dangerous, sick in the head, MSNBC star these days, but smart. So they asked uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre on CNN yesterday to comment on the IRS whistleblower. 
That went well. Good for. An IRS supervisory special agent, our reporting is, is now claiming to have information about alleged mishandling and political interference in, on, in the ongoing criminal probe of Hunter Biden. Uh, is seeking That person is seeking whistleblower protection to share information with Congress, according to this letter obtained by CNN. Our Sarah Murray just gave our viewers that reporting, and I just wonder if the White House has a comment. We're right now, as you know, we've been very clear to not comment on anything uh, <laughs> on related anything. Uh, to right. any type to of anything. investigation, so that is right. something uh, yeah. that we have been very, very diligent about and <laughs> referring any uh, referring that to the Department of Justice. Wow. So we've got uh, Malena Shabo in studio. Again, we've got a good one of guests today. Shabo, Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, Arthur Wright Dollar, Brian Geltzada, Gnomes Nuggets, also Traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next. You think Joe at this point is going to admit the series is over? Is he going to pull the old, no, they still got to win two more games because you get outscored 10 to 2 at home. I mean, they were. They, it's not even competitive. Yeah, it's not a good look. It's a wrap. It's yeah. a wrap. Yeah. Got to be a wrap. We'll right? see if Joe is man enough Plus, to admit. You come back to the garden, you oh like. Do you know how rabid the garden's going to oh, be I tomorrow know. night? I got invited twice. Joe Takapina and Pete Morgan. They'll both be there, and we do this three-way chat during the games. Yeah. The three of us. Mm-hmm. Danielle thinks I'm a child, and I am, but I can't go because Danielle's taking me out my birthday dinner tomorrow night. Oh, that sounds much better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, look. It, it, the Rangers are going to go up 3 nothing anyway. Mm-hmm. But I did tell her round one, I'll do that. But once we get closer to the Stanley Cup, and we're going to get there, the Rangers, you know, then i got to go to these games, obviously. Right. Right. So we'll talk to Joe Nolan coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC mini-cast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's mini-podcast is from the Rita Cosby Show. And here Rita talks about... Alvin Bragg. Well, in the midst of all that, he has also gone soft on criminals throughout New York City, as we mentioned. And the double standard is pretty apparent. I think it'd be apparent to like a first grader. If you pulled over a first grader on the street and say, Trump did this with a business deal, and this guy pushed somebody in the subway, or this person did this, or this person shot this person, and this person gets a slap on the wrist, and yet the former president of the United States, they basically want to put him in jail and throw away the key. No, there you have it. Rita Cosby, that's our mini-cast. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers. And as previously mentioned, it was deja vu all over again for the Rangers in Newark last night. Beaten up on the Devils by a score of 5-1 to again in Game 2 of their opening round Stanley Cup playoff series. The Devs actually jumped out to an early one to nothing lead in this one, but the Rangers quickly bounced back with a three-goal second period that included two Chris Crowder power play goals, the second of which putting the Blue Shirts up 3-1 to at the time. The newbies in Tarasenko and Kane also lit the lamp for New York before Capocacco topped things off late in the third to make things 5-1. to The series is now set to come home to MSG for Game 3 tomorrow night with the Rangers holding a convincing 2 to nothing series lead in Brooklyn. The Nets deficit in their opening round playoff series against the Philadelphia 76ers swelled to a 3-0 hole after last night's 102-97 loss in Game 3 with a third quarter rejection of James Harden and Joel Embiid not providing his usual dominance with only 14 points. The Nets had an opportunity to steal a win here and get themselves back in the series, but were unable to do so as their backs now move up against the wall in an attempt to avoid a series sweep come tomorrow night's Game 4. And finally, on the diamond, nines were wild last night for the Mets and Yankees. The Mets took the opener of their four-game set in San Francisco against the Giants by a score of 9-4, to while the Yanks beat up on the uh, Los Angeles Angels 
9-3, to and the Bronx to remain unbeaten in a series this season. First pitch for the Mets in the second game of their series is set for 10-15 p.m. Eastern Time with Joey Lucchesi going up against San Fran's Anthony DiSclefani, while the Yanks will get going much earlier at 7.05 p.m. when they open up a three-game set with the visiting Toronto Blue Jays. That matchup will see Domingo Herman take the hill against Toronto's Yusei Kikuchi. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Time Disco Friday here on New York's favorite talk show. That's us, sitting friends in the morning, 6:48 on your sunny, beautiful Friday morning. Five great guests today. One of them is sitting to my left right now. I've been told to introduce her as a producer, <laughs> and my friend, me, and of course you know her very well from the Frank Morano show. She's on that show all the time, and the show as well. And that is my friend Marlena Chavo. Good Friday morning. How are you? Uh, I'm better now that I've come off of my road rage coming in here. Yeah, what happened? Ah, I was, I was supposed to be here at 5.30, and I got cut off the road, and I had to go all the way north to come south. I ended up in Harlem on oh 178th God. Street in Amsterdam. <laughs> Were you scared? Um, I mean, I wasn't, like, doing backflips. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so you came from uh, Jersey. And, yeah, uh, I came from Jersey. Normally, it takes me less than an hour to get in. It's no big deal. I now it's park. an hour and a half. Yeah. What? So it took you an hour and it, a half. Y- yes. Yeah. And and it was a lot of um. And then trying to come across town, it was a a roadblock and a construction, yeah. and I had to go oh. up to come down. Yeah. I'm like, I I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. When oh. I got here, I was so flustered. I saw. We we went through that a little bit this morning. Me and Gene, they were they shut down. For a little bit, the 34th Street exit on the FDR. Mm. And we get off the 42nd Street exit. Mm. So same type of thing, 440 in the morning. You don't expect traffic. Right. But we got that. But you're here safely. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I want to play this for you because you have two daughters, right? I sure do. Cute kids, great kids. In fact, I love uh, on Instagram when you do the dancing with them. It's very, very cute. Yeah. How old are they? Uh, nine and six. Nine and six. And do either one of them participate in sports outside of dancing on Instagram? Well, yes, but not the kind of sports you're about to talk about. They are, they play tennis. Well, that's a great, what are you talking about? My my daughter, Ava, played tennis in Boca for 15 years. She was actually trained 
by a guy named Rick Macy. If you ever saw the movie which Will Smith won the Academy Award for, King Richard, Richard Macy was a guy that trained the Williams sisters, Sharapova, uh, um, uh, Andy Roddick, and Ava trained with him. Tennis is a huge sport for little girls. That's a big deal. So this does apply to that because... I guess it does. It does apply to that, Uh, Jimmy Connors walks on the court with a wig on and plays my daughter. And ain't going to go. Or your daughter. And ain't going to go so well. So here is former Monday Night Football sideline reporter turned Fox News analyst. She's great. I love this lady. Michelle Tafoya talking about this issue, which was passed in the House yesterday, which is... Boys shouldn't be allowed to play with girls. Duh. Here's Michelle Tafoya. I, I really, I, I keep waking up every morning thinking, okay, has the world turned right side up again? And it still hasn't. I mean, uh, sadly, what we saw today was really a symbolic vote. Not a single Democrat voted for this bill to protect girls and women. And to call it transphobic ignores one of the clauses. It it, it is a very short bill, but one of the the sentences in it says, this doesn't prohibit a male who is now identifying as a female uh, to practice or participate with a, a girl's team, a women's team, but they cannot supplant, they cannot replace the woman on that team. No woman no girl should be deprived of her roster spot or any other benefits that go along with that. So to say this is transphobic or hate-filled uh, is just, it's its flat out wrong. But again, the Democrats are the party of science, right? They're the party of women, and today they show they're anything but. The science tells us that men and women, when they are born, when they are conceived, are 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 chromosomally different, two X's or an X and a Y. Which one are you? And based on that, we are built differently. We have physical differences. Men cannot have babies as much as people want to tell you that they can. And women have a menstrual cycle that they have to compete with. Uh, Transgender women do not have that. They do not have a uterus. They do not have these things that they would have to then compete through and compete with. There are biological scientifically based differences between men and women, and no amount of hormone therapy is going to change that. That is a great job. Michelle Tafoya with Martha McCallum yesterday. That's courtesy of Fox News. Molina Chavo, take yeah. it away. No, yeah, she, no, she is right. I mean, there is no amount of chemicals that you put in your body, which was said by um, someone else yesterday, um, that is going to turn you into a biological woman, which is good advice for you, by the way. Just <laughs> no, no amount of muscle shirts or tanning is going to turn you into a biological goomba as much as you (laughs) want that to happen. That's funny. Sid. That's funny. But especially while I'm playing disco on a Friday. And and you heard what she said. Men do not get periods. Right. right? And but but there are people. We do get bitchy, but we don't get periods. Oh, and and also, well, the the bleeding that you see is probably just your your gonorrhea (laughs) acting up. But 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 really, the 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 crux of this also is all the stuff that is out there online for young kids where you have these uh, biological, excuse me. Well, yeah, biological males who are turning female who are simulating uh, cramps. Yeah. And they're yeah, aber- weird. <laughs> it's weird, right? They actually do simulate all the things that you ladies actually go through. Right, but yeah. it's not real. Yeah. And and you know, yeah. for you or me who have we are adults and we understand the difference, I have very young children. Yeah. You know, who who could be very confused by of this. Of course. 
who it's don't even horrible. know what a period is at this point because they're so young. And yeah. then they, they think everybody's going to get it. No. So are no. you are you ready, willing, and able to admit that boys are just better than girls? <laughs> I am willing to admit that they are, there are vast differences. No. Um, and that men are built differently and they have more skeletal muscle. Well, it, that sports. is real science. Yeah, I mean, for, for example, uh, I run once in a while. And my wife, Danielle, will leave me miles behind. I can't keep up with her, not down the block. And there's a lot of women. That, that's the case, obviously. Um, but when you get to the, the professional level, for example, the men, they beat the women. Mm-hmm. As great as Serena Williams is, and Serena is the greatest female tennis player of all time, she's magnificent, she ain't beating Roger Federer, right, or, or, uh, or Nadal. Or any one of those guys. So anyway, no. it's uh, it's silly. She beat you though, Sid. I don't know about that. I'm really good. You're really good at tennis. <laughs> I used to be really good. Okay. I used to hit with my daughter. I was probably like a three-five weekend guy. Do you play? Not really. No. I'm more of a golfer. You play golf? I do. Oh, do you? you? Got... No. Why? I have ADD. Can you <laughs> could you imagine me? I mean, I've gone to a million golf tournaments. I get invited to the biggest tournaments every year. So what do you do? You stand on the sidelines? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I used to play. And by the ninth hole, I quit. We know, I mean, we, we know they won't let you drive the golf cart. <laughs> you know, I did that a couple of times after like 19 Bloody Marys. Those were the good old days. So you are, you're a producer. Yes, I'm I reading, am. I'm reading this story right now. Washington can help renew our cities. Yes. Urban investment is needed locally and nationally to keep communities strong. And this was written by a guy named Andrew Cuomo. It was written, uh, for starters, in the New York Daily News, which nobody reads. It's trash with capital T, but that's fine. They like Democrats. And um, he has a podcast weekly, as a matter of fact, which you do produce. <laughs> I do produce, which I still don't understand. You know what I do for a living in general. I'm a no. freelance producer. You're like, I'm told to call her a producer. <laughs> what? Well, Who says that? Who you, introduces you, well, someone like that? What did you say right before you came on the air? You need to I introduce to, me. I wanted to make sure you let your listening audience know that I was your best frenemy. Right. I did say that. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. all. Yeah. That's so all. Your thing is you don't want people to think because you know how negative it could be. Could be. What do you mean? You don't want people to think all you do is produce Cuomo's show because people like me hate him. No, so you, that, what, no, 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 you are putting words in my mouth. Uh, I, know, I, I know, I <laughs> know. <laughs> At least it's just words. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I have, I am fine with being his producer. I actually think Andrew Cuomo is great. You have a lot of. Great at what? I think he's a great guy no he's not a, he's a horrible you person. know it's funny he's a dick from, with a capital de- d from the time yeah. when i started God. when i told you i started this project back in the yeah. fall right and you you had a lot to say about him but the first thing out of your mouth because I, I started to think why mm-hmm. and i have to get to the bottom of why sid has such an animosity towards andrew cuomo yeah and you didn't well, talk- he, he killed my friend johnny steen's in-laws yeah no but that's not what came out of your mouth you oh. didn't talk about nursing homes you didn't talk about bail reform what did i say the First thing out of your mouth, his brother? No, oh. was that that guy's got big hands, and you know what that means. So that makes me think I did say that, that you are jealous that he is an Italian stallion. He is, and, and he and you know that even he's ten years your senior, yeah. he could probably bag a babe quicker <laughs> than you. <laughs> I'm a married guy; I can kill us. But you're right; there is some jealousy it there. It's yeah. an ego thing. No, I know you're Whether right about you that. can or can't bag one legally, okay. right? I, I did say that. She, all right, I'm guilty. 
But those other stuff, that other stuff matters to me too, but I did say that, you're right. I'm sure those things matter to yeah. you, but. Yeah. Now what about this uh, poem that you wrote this morning? You're very talented. You wrote, my book came out in September, and a bunch of folks did book reviews, and I'm here to tell you, your book review was far and away the best one. I mean that sincerely. Uh, well, it was be- great. Because not only am I a talented writer, I'm a great liar. Yes. So it, it <laughs> a was. Great liar. So yeah. it came out really good. So what is this poem about you wrote? Is it a bunch of lies, or is it? No, this is this this is in honor of your birthday week. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um and it's um a poem about uh, <laughs> our relationship and how we are in fact frenemies. Okay. Okay. I can't wait to hear this. You're actually but, really but, really funny. But can we have some like music uh, under Justin, very uh, light music under She's asking under. for production now. I love when guests do that. Uh Justin, can you but play it's some needed? Yeah. Like, it's like sentimental. Like Stern does for quivers when Robin We'll, we'll bring up some type of personal story, and Fred Norris will play some, like, really classical, quiet piano, like you'd hear at the back of a piano bar, right, while you're maybe having a drink of scotch and smoking a cigar. Yeah, I'll cue something up. Don't All you? right, here we go. We've got to do it now because she's ready to read the poem. Well, it takes a little bit to, to just type a All couple right. words here. Right. Should we tread some water a little bit more <laughs> about no, your jealousy you start, of Andrew no, Cuomo? No, no more Cuomo stuff. God, I'm not jealous. I can't stand him. Uh, but I wish you the best. I do. You know that. And I'm happy you got that gig. And, and uh, does he pay you? I work for uh, a company. Oh, they that pay pays you. me. Okay, yeah. good. Right. Okay. Uh, he's, yes, got, he's got five million <laughs> no, for I the work book. For free. Well, All of my freelance jobs I'm just are just saying. free. I like to walk around doing free jobs. You got five million for the book. <laughs> Able to keep that, so he's got plenty of cash. All right, here we go. This is Marlena Shabo, the very talented producer, and my friend of me. Friend of me. Marlena Shabo. Okay. Sid Rosenberg, my dear friend of me. Okay, that's the title. Oh, Sid, you and I get along so well, but also not at all. One minute we share a laugh, the next minute we brawl. When it comes to tanning, some might say that you and I are birds of a feather. Except my skin tone is more of a hazelnut, and yours a fine brown leather. (laughs) Well, you're not tan in the winter like I am, so forget it. You like to dress in bold colors. You wear orange and magenta. Pink today. You like to roll with the goombas, even though you're clearly a yenta. (laughs) You moonlight as an actor, playing tough guy in each and every scene. But I think you should start doing commercials. You'd be the perfect stunt double for Mr. Clean. So I'll end this by saying happy birthday to you Thank and you. your smooth, shiny head. Thank you. Or as Gnome would say, congratulations on not being dead. <laughs> that was great. A lot of people did congratulate me on making it through because Gnome did that piece a couple of days ago. Well done, Marlena. Where he said that a lot of people actually die on their birthday. And the day before. Or the day after. So now I'm like two Ooh, days removed. You- <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm good now. Well, that was terrific. And this is a bit of a disastrous week in the news, historically, right? Yes. You, there was Columbine and all Oklahoma City bombing, the Waco deal with David Koresh, the Boston bombing, all that stuff. So all that stuff. It was and, great to see And you. your birthday. This was great. This was a great, great segment. I'm sorry it took you so long to get here. I'm sorry, but it's great to see you. <laughs> good to see you, too. Happy sir. Friday. There she is, folks. Marlena Chavo, Sha- I should say. Chavo. Yes. How do you say it? Shivo. Shivo. She's on Frank Morano's show quite a bit. She's on our show quite a bit. Why? Because 
Well, you just heard why she's great. That is our number one in the books. A lot more to do. Our number two, including Curtis Sliwa, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and from Fox News and WABC, Brian Kilmeade. Our number two of Sid Rosenberg's Disco Friday continues. Spectacular. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the by lighting up. Oi! From my friends, the star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oi! This Oi! is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. Disco Inferno, our number two of our Disco Friday here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Excellent hour number one. Oh, God, excuse me. I know a few of you get annoyed when I bring on Marlene. I don't care. The more you get annoyed, the more I want to bring her back. I know she produces Andrew Cuomo's podcast, but you've all got her own issues in life. She's got to deal with that, not me. But she's funny, and I like her. Um, Curtis is here. Now, Curtis, for me... When I did the whole disco scene, Curtis is here three times a week because he's that good, by the way. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this time. He also hosts 12 to 1 every weekend, all weekend long. For me, the one spot I always went to with my next-door neighbor, Joseph Iovine, who's out in Jersey these days with his beautiful wife, Tina, was the Underground. That was a club on 17th Street and around Broadway. And we were there every Friday night. It was clockwork. I had a guy who actually was the bathroom attendant who used to get me my cocaine. And I think we were there every weekend for about three years. Now, I did other clubs in the city. I did Bed Rocks. I did Xenon. I did the Palladium for a couple of years. And I did a lot of the Brooklyn spots, too. But where was Curtis Sliwa putting those great dance moves on the floor on a regular basis? So let me get this straight. You were never at the Slime Light Better known as the limelight. You know, you know why? I, I I went to the limelight a couple of times, and what's funny is now my buddies own that. You know, the uh, they're the uh, the Grimaldi's guys. They own it, but it was a little too freaky for me. Yeah, yeah. To go into a church, yeah, it's, it's a disco. No, no, no. A no. lot of different color hair. It was kind of like uh, you know, it was like that uh, uh, in Alphabet City, a place I like late, late, late at night. It was called the World. And they also had, like, a lot of freaky-looking people. I like to go to the clubs. We had, like, the Brooklyn Cougines, the guy that made their ways from Brooklyn into the city and started fights. That was fun. Yeah, the freaky-deaky guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he, you went to the underground. Were the shots being fired at that time no, when you were going there? No, I, I didn't think about it, didn't worry about it, and it was relatively safe. It was. Those were, you know, basically the effect. I remember Hurricane Gloria. Remember that hurricane? 
It arrived on a Friday many, many years ago. And I remember telling my mom and dad, they're like, you know, you're staying home tonight. There's a hurricane. There's a real hurricane. It hit Brooklyn. And I said, I can't. It's Friday night. I got to go dancing. Of course. <laughs> my father's like, Sid, calm down. You're not John Travolta. You're not going anywhere. And I actually did make it my way to the underground that night. They didn't close it, but you that's how went, serious I took you it. You never went to the fun house? I did go to the fun house. Was that a regular spot for you? Not really. Me either. The like, place that I used to the, love. The Bay Club on Knob Street was good. Know, but the place that I used to really love to go to because you were hanging it all out there as a white boy, the Caucasian Persuasion, the Snow Bro, was the Club Zanzibar in downtown Newark. I don't even know that. Oh, my God. Let me just say. What were you was, doing in Newark, New Jersey? You were a Canarsie kid. Well, I, yeah, but, man, it's like really pushing it when you went to Club Zanzibar. Take that... That path train out there to uh, Penn Station in Newark. You walk to the club Zanzibar, and then all of a sudden the brothers are eyeballing you. What the hell are you doing in this part of town? Don't you know, white boy, it's time for you to get out of town? Ah, to guts. Now, any truth to the rumor that you actually provided Andy Warhol with oral at Studio 54, 1978? Uh, first off, Sid, how dare you imply that they would even allow me into Studio 54 because you know yeah. the BQE crowd. They looked at us, the guys outside, said, no, 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 you're Brooklyn? No, you're out of here. Well, you weren't a guardian angel at that point. No. You were no, just a regular guy. Exactly. Right? So but Steve still, Rubell had no use for you. Are you kidding? All he yeah. had use for is the candy. So of course. If, if you brought it no, little... but if you were gay, if you were gay, you had cocaine, he loved you. Of course. And if, you, if it was both, you were really in. Well, well, let me just say, I was a BQE guy. Uh, if I stood outside of Studio 54, morning, noon, and night, I still wouldn't get picked still. to come in and pick up the trash afterwards yeah. and the used or unused condoms. Did you go to Wavelengths on 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, or did you hate the Italians even way back then? No, 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 I didn't hate the Italians because the Supreme Cuisines were what kept that uh, disco experience alive. As you know, I said pastels. Uh, 2001 Odyssey. Oh, Don't... you did that place? Of course. That's where John Travolta danced in Saturday Night Fever. He, well. Yes. Uh, Travolta was not the kind of guy you'd want to be hanging out with. Really? And why not? Every girl he, loved him. He wore light loafers at the time. Come on. <laughs> Get out of here. Still does. What's wrong with you? I think he does both. He's an actor. He's a thespian. I think he does both. By the way, you want to give him a massage? Why don't you go in there and say, hey, Travolta, I understand you like a little massage, a little tuck and rub, right? <laughs> Come on. He's not my type anymore, but when he was Danny Zuko and Tony Monero and Vinny Barbarino, I loved him. But uh, not not that much uh, yeah, not that then, much anymore. But then he blew it out. Remember when he did, obviously, Saturday Night Fever, classic. Right. Grease. Then, it was right. great. But then Stallone convinced him to do this. Staying sort of, Alive. Yeah. Oh, my God. That what the terrible. hell was that? It was terrible. That terrible. was yeah. He had three great ones in a row when you have Silent Beaver, Greeks, and Urban Cowboy. You're right. Then he did Staying Alive. But then he kind of resurrected himself. He was great in Pulp Fiction with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, no doubt. He was no great doubt. in that. You know, talking about um, uh, actors and movies, and Eric Adams, I think a lot of folks feel like he's acting as mayor these days. And he did send me a text, much to your chagrin, yesterday. Let's get a drink. Happy birthday. But oh, fine. Uh, no, oh, oh, now all of a sudden. No. I have no plans. What do you mean? No plans. What do you mean no plans? I said thank you. If he stay said, in touch. Hey, Club Zero Bond, whatever happens at Club Zero Bond stays at Club Zero Bond. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would say no. Do you right know now. the decadence and debauchery that goes up on there? I know everybody who goes there, from Eleanor Srugo to Anthony Caron, of course I do. Hey, what do you think they're doing there? You think they're sitting down and having little Shirley Temples? 
Jones up there at Club Zero Bond. Listen, whatever they're doing, I would rather the mayor, him be there than where he is today. Because this morning as we speak, in fact, coming up in about an hour and a half, he is set to meet with Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg <laughs> in Washington, D.C. He's got four meetings in a row, Curtis. That is funny. Included in those meetings are Buttigieg and even Janet Yellen. What is he doing? Buttigieg, 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 What is he Buttigieg. doing? What, 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 what is it? I know he needs money from Biden. He wants it, at least, to fix the migrant crisis here. What is he doing speaking wait, to wait, all wait, these people? Yeah. Fix the migrant right. crisis. Right. Let, let's call it what it is. The illegal alien crisis. He was the one standing in the Port Authority with his $5,000 customized suit. Eat your hearts out. Even you with your Joseph Abood specials can't match him for his haberdashery. Oh, get out of here. Well, I have him beat. Between Abood and Anthony at the garage, I got him beat. Absolutely. And meantime, he's welcoming in all the illegal aliens off the bus and saying, hey, who's your papi chulo? Who's your, da- who's your daddy? Right, come on in. We got suckers here going to pay for you. Can you imagine this? Putting them up at three-star hotels all over the five boroughs now. And then they say, yeah, but this food is not culturally appropriate. Oh, would you like con arroz habichuelas? Yeah, but we want pork chops. <laughs> yeah, but no, you have to have vegan food. No, we want pork chops, chuletas. <laughs> you can have anything you want because the sucker taxpayers in New York City are paying for you. He's the one who welcomed them in. I, listen, I don't disagree. He, he has welcomed them in. He has not been nearly as hateful, hateful as he should be with Biden. But, but... You gotta give credit when credit is due. And you right now, to your credit, opening up all these Ronald Reagan spots all over the city, you're in an all-out war against all-out crazy, as you call her, AOC. And AOC was very critical of the mayor. Now I know 55,000 is still not nearly enough money, but at least the cops got some type of raise. You've never mentioned that in Adam's favor. Hold on. Hold on now. Hold on. Slow down there. When has he ever named and shamed AOC or La Crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? once. By the way, he had her over for dinner at Gracie Mansion wouldn't along you? with a mini-me Caban. Wouldn't you? Well, keep Caban out of it. But you No, 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 no. AOC. She brought Caban along well, with her. Yeah. They hate cops. They want to remove the cops. They want to close the prisons. They want criminals to run but free. But he gave the cops a raise. I know it's not great, not nearly enough, but he oh. did. Oh, boy, all these young men and women are running to the recruitment areas. Where can I sign up to be NYPD so that some guy can come behind me, beat me up with a with a bottle over my head, knock me down, spit on me, urinate on me, defecate on me, just completely trash me as a cop? There's no respect for cops. You go into Starbucks, the barista gets more respect I, I than a police that. officer. So, so basically, you know, I agree with all that you just said. Uh, it was pretty hot, actually. But so no matter what Eric Adams does, you'll just never give him no, credit. No, he, no. he got the cops a raise, and you're talking about how the cops are being disrespected every day, which they are, but that doesn't change the fact that Adams got the cops a raise. Have you heard him name and shame? No. AOC. One thing was, no. Why Biden? is he afraid of her? Why is he afraid of wouldn't the socialists? You, wouldn't you be? She runs that party. Wait, wait a she has more power in the Democrat Party right now, I think, than I Joe thought, Biden. I thought he's the new face to the Democratic Party. Wow. Remember, he said, I'm the new face <laughs> to the Democratic Party. Yeah. You see what just happened in Chicago after his very dear friend, what was that, Featherfoot, Lightfoot, Lightweight, whatever her name, Beetlejuice lost. <laughs> 
<laughs> he said, you see, moderate Democrats, public safety comes first, and then his guy boss crashed and burned against that socialist Johnson. Did he go into Chicago to help Voss against Johnson? Of course not. He didn't lend the complexion, which is his protection, to the boss campaign. He's all talking squall. And your very dear friend, Bo Dito, used my line and said, he's like an... Everything bagel. Can I have an all-everything bagel, please? He tries to be everything to everybody, and he doesn't even put the schmear on the bagel. And when he does, <laughs> we have to pay for it. He was like that from the very beginning of the campaign when he ran against you. So you're 100% right. I'm not arguing any of this. Say, look at this city. Look at no. yesterday, 420. Wherever you went, the smell of weed was everywhere. Yeah, no, no, In no, the no, no, subways. No, and I understand 420 is a weed day on a serious no, no, note. Every day is right. a weed day in New York City. I know, and I got to tell you, I went to pick up my son at school. Gabe's only 14 years old, Kurt. You know that. He's on 17th and 6th. I went to pick him up. It's in Chelsea uh, last week. And every block I walked down till I got to the train to get home smelled like weed. I don't understand how people are okay with that. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. The day after I lost Eric Adams, who did he appear with? Stephen Colbert. And he gave him weed. Weed. It was embarrassing. And laughing like a little kid. I know. You know, like somebody who just smoked ragweed when they were in junior <laughs> high school. Or he says, oh, I, uh, I smell somebody was, 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 was firing up weed in the area. So <laughs> if you were the mayor, if you would have beaten Eric Adams, all these smoke shops, and some of these blocks has not just one but two smoke shops. No. As if one is no, they I, would not be open. Where I have the Ronald Reagan Republican Club, where we're taking on the socialists, AOC, All Out Crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They got five on the block. Five. Five on the block. And they're dealing openly you name it, they got selection, there's no taxes. Right, let me ask you this, then. Joe Biden is about to announce on Tuesday he's once again running for president. And, and I'm going to say this as seriously as I can. Yes. I really believe you would have been the best mayor since Koch and Giuliani. Can you repeat that? I really believe you would have been the best mayor since Koch and Giuliani. Oh, my I, God, please play disco in front of him get by the trash. <laughs> no, no, I, I just don't think anybody knows this city. And clearly dedicating your life with no reward. You don't get paid. You know, you don't, they give you 40 years of protecting New Yorkers. You would have been a great mayor. And I would hope that you would run again. So what you've seen so far, the Aaron Judge year, not even close. Aaron Judge, oh, Please. my God. How dare yeah. he, how dare he even say I that? Know. So year two of Eric no, Adams. I know. What onions this guy has. If this continues yes. and Adams... Uh, he may want to get in anyway because he's got Democratic money. He's got a machine behind him. Well, are you ready to and willing to announce right now that you will try it again? Uh, what what jacket am I wearing? You're wearing right a jacket that reads Curtis Sliwa for New York City Mayor. So I want you to say it right now. So I'm on. Uh, so that racist Daryl Lewis mentions it later. You will. You're at the very least considering running for mayor again because as a lifelong New Yorker and the best New Yorker. You don't like what you're saying. Let me ask you a question. What yeah. other Republican? What other Republican is going to take him on? 
No, Can you I, think of any Republicans out there? I, They're I so afraid. They're Eric Adams Republicans. I've noticed Peter King, Bo Dino, all of a sudden now they're, well, maybe possibly could be. I warned them. I told them this guy was a fake, phony, fraudulent for Casey. Wearing those $5,000 customized suits that Pablo Escobar of the Median Cartel would have been envious of. And now all of a sudden they say, well, you know, it, it's the state legislature. Oh, it's the city council. Oh, it's Biden. Oh, it's crime wave Kathy Holcomb. When the hell is he ever going to take responsibility and be a man's man and say, I effed up. I'm not doing the job. I lied to everybody. I'm an all-everything bagel trying to be everything to everybody. Come on, Sid Rosenberg. Because he texted you and he said, let's have a drink at Club Zero Bond where whatever goes, hey, nobody's going to know. Sid don't cross over that Maginot line. Stand up to Eric Adams and call him the big, phony, fraudulent, fugazi, $5,000 customized suit mayor that he has been. And you see this? You see this jacket I'm wearing? I, I told Bill Ritter, right? I'm not taking this jacket off. And I dare any Republican out there to come. Come for Curtis Sliwa in a primary for mayor. And let's see what you got. Bring it to me, because I know every square inch of the five boroughs of the city of New York. And I'm not up in the suites. I'm down in the streets, in the subways. And I go into neighborhoods where the only Republican they've ever seen is Abraham Lincoln on a $5 bill. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Set to join me next on this Disco Friday on New York's favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg. Evelyn Champagne King here with Shane. Heard from Marlena Chavo this morning. She was great. Curtis Sleever just hit a grand slam home run. So we'll talk to Kilmeade coming up, and then we'll get Gnome some nuggets, Arthur Idala, and a guy I really like. His name is Brian Geltziler. He's going to join me at 9.05. He is the top basketball guy on Sirius XM. And the Knicks are set to host the Cavaliers in a game three with the series tied at one apiece at the Garden tonight. There's another series that the Garden will host on Saturday, and that's the Rangers. And the Rangers went to New Jersey and beat the Devils and beat them badly in both games, five to one game one 
the identical score of 5-1 to one game two. That was last night. And they seem to use the same recipe, which is open the scoring with Tarasenko, get two power play goals from Chris Kreider, and have Shesterkin play a great game in the Nets. So if you missed the highlights from last night, here are my hockey blue shirts. Lindgren with it. Now Adam Fox makes a move, drops it back. Tarasenko scores! Outside to Fox. Back to Kane. Kreider at the side of the crease. Kreider deflection! So there you have it, Sam Rosen along with Joe Micheletti, MSG on the goal calls, and my dear friend Kenny Albert, TBS, on the final call. And yes, I do root harder for the Rangers than the Knicks, much of the chagrin of my son Gabriel. The Rangers up two games to nothing, game three at the Garden tomorrow night, Knicks and Cavs 1-1 tonight. The lights are on at Madison Square Garden. Sit in friends in the morning, 77 WABC. So you folks know, of course, that every morning when I'm done at 10 o'clock, I hand it off, hand off the football like Jones to Barkley to one of the great TV radio hosts in the business today, whether it's Fox and Friends every morning on Fox News. His own great show gets big ratings, One Nation, Fox News, 8 p.m. Saturday nights, or right here, like I said, just after me, 10 a.m. every weekday morning on 77 WABC. It's my man, Brian Kilmeade. Brian, happy Friday, buddy. How are you? Uh, good. Yeah, uh, pumped up. I, I feel like spring is here. I feel like New York has got the best sports teams we've had in a long time since Patrick Ewing was around. And uh, Mark Messier was playing hockey full-time, wearing a helmet for for the Rangers. I just feel it's a – and look at how well the, the Mets are playing, the Yankees are playing. I mean, the feeling of optimism in the air. Uh, the only thing also what is up is crime. But besides that, <laughs> uh, it's – 
It's, it, it, it makes you, it keeps you on your toes. No, you're right. Crime is up, and Aaron Rodgers is still not a New York Jet. But I do have one complaint. You did mention Mark Messier wearing the helmet, but I listen to your show every day. I love your show. And yes, the Mets beat the Giants last night. They scored nine runs. The Yankees beat the Angels. They scored nine runs. And the Knickerbockers will host Cleveland tonight. But I feel like you don't give the Rangers enough time. The Rangers go to New Jersey. They outscore the Devils 10 to 2 in the first two games. To me, they're the closest team to winning a championship. Now they return to the Garden for Game 3 coming up tomorrow night. The Rangers, to me right now, are the biggest sports story in this city. I don't think so. I think it, well, you, I think you're going to compare. Niche. You're going well, to compare Game 13 of the Major League Baseball regular season to a team up two no. nothing in the playoffs. Knicks. No Knicks. Uh, I mean, Knicks. I, no, I, Knicks mean can't I, I think win. the Knicks. Well, I mean, yeah, the Rangers have a better chance of winning it all. But right now. I think the buzz is more about the Knicks and the Rangers. Yeah, I don't. I disagree. But then, look, I'm a bigger hockey fan than a basketball fan. I go to plenty well, of Knicks we'll games. Well, talk about this, Sid. Here's yeah. something you can relate to because you're a big celebrity. You're an actor, yeah. number one personality in New York. <laughs> yeah. Does it bother you that the average everyday person who might be might have some money has to pay twenty thousand dollars for a good seat, but celebrities get free seats? And they're able to sit wherever they want. But you know they can afford it. They'll have their butler write a check and give it to their accountant who would deliver it to Madison Square Garden. Does it bother you that celebrities are treated so much better, celebrities like yourself, than the average people listening to us right now? Oh, God, no. Are you kidding me? Like, like, I boast about this all the time between Dr. Mark Siegel on your network, Phil O'Reilly, my dear friend Corey Zelnick. I haven't paid for a Nick ticket in years. It's got to be five or six years. And by the way, Do I'm sitting offer? right there. I'm sitting right there. Listen, Dr. Siegel, when Dr. Siegel asks you to go, he's waiting for you to go, yeah, how much are the seats? You don't say how much are the seats? Of course not. They're free. Really? <laughs> swear to God. Are you kidding? I swear. And I'm sitting right there with Chris Rock and, you know, Liv Schreiber <laughs> and, uh, you know, Spike Lee. No, on a serious note, it is unfortunate. You'd like the, the everyday folk to be able to afford yeah. it and go. And it is, a, it is really ridiculous. I mean, look, baseball, thank God, is still relatively affordable. Football is rough, but it's only eight games a year. But the winter sports are really, really rough. But, yeah, the Knicks, uh, they're in a game three tonight, tied 1-1. The Rangers in a game three tomorrow, coming home up two games to nothing. Madison Square Garden, very exciting right now. But let's get to the major political stories. I guess we'll start with this one, Brian. I did see your interview yesterday. It was excellent with Jonathan Turley about this IRS whistleblower. Yeah. What's going on here with Hunter Biden? I talked about this for years, whether it's been Miranda Devine, uh, Bobolinsky, or the latest guy, McCormick, whistleblower stories for years, zero repercussions for Hunter Biden. What makes me think this time it'll be a different story? Well, I mean, we, you know what it's, it's, it's like seeing it says uh, uh, the last 15 minutes of, uh, of a murder mystery. You know, no, no one got killed. But now we're seeing what happened in 2020. And this is what Trump should have done. He never should be talking about uh, things he couldn't prove. But if he wanted to say, wait a second, you know, we're in a, I'm in a neck and neck race with uh, President Biden, despite all the controversy and all the challenges of the pandemic. And out comes this story about Hunter Biden un, uh, unfolding about all the Biden, uh, Biden families, uh, wild, illicit deals with other countries that could compromise a potential foreign policy. And out comes 51 intel agents who say, don't believe anything on that laptop. It's Russian disinformation. Next thing you know, the debate happens two days later, and Biden lies to everybody's face and says 51 intel agents and says it's Russian disinformation, knowing it was his son's laptop. That's our president lying to our face. Now we know what happened. Mike Morrell got a call from future Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and said, Mike, 
you know you're going to have a big role with this administration. So round up 51 intel agencies. This is not true, this laptop. And just prove it's not true. This is Russian stuff. Now, Morell's a CIA guy. He knows. He's got to prove this. He's not going to take Anthony Blinken's word. He's got no intelligence background. But somewhat, Mike Morell says a couple days ago to Jim Jordan, under oath, so I did it. I called Leon Panetta and all Michael Hayden and all these others and said, sign this paper. Most of them are admitting they never even looked at the laptop information, even though they had security clearance. They put their name on it. Biden's able to use that. And it's 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 uh, thwarts this big push to find out what the Biden administration would actually look like, knowing his conflict of interest on his foreign policy and everything else. But now we're finding out what took place in 2020. And this looks damning. I mean, people say, well, a crackhead who loves porn. Well, you know, the Billy Carter story of this generation, what's a big deal? The bigger story is that was the front man for the international deals for the dad who's the president of the United States. And now I see NBC and CBS covering it, Sid, not just me and you. So two days ago was my 56th birthday, and I was yelling and screaming, I better get a text from my buddy, Mayor Eric Adams. That text did come. It came yesterday, a day late. But nevertheless, uh, I thought he would not text me because I've spent, Brian, the better part of the last three weeks being very, very critical on this show about the mayor, and being I do get a 7.7, I'm sure he's heard about it. Um, and I just, I didn't like what he said uh, on Tuesday. There's Jim Jordan with my dear friend Jennifer Harrison, a close personal friend, and Madeline Brains and others. And I just thought that uh, him calling it a Trump donation stunt and all that was, was a bit much. I know he's a Democrat, but I keep expecting uh, Eric Adams to be better than that. But, but, another good interview yesterday on your show, Elizabeth Gomes. And, of course, uh, she uh, was nearly killed yeah. in a crime here in New York. And she's all over AOC for getting all over Eric Adams because, in this case, the mayor did the right thing and gave the cops a raise. Not nearly enough, we'd agree, but at least he gave the cops a raise. How about Gomes all over AOC yesterday? Yeah, she lost an eye. Here she is going to the JFK, going to the airport, and caught on camera. If you guys haven't seen this you see this woman just all of a sudden this guy's eyeing her and as she gets off she gets beaten she starts getting away from him and then she uh gets taken grabbed by him and thrown into a wall face first and while she's barely conscious a guy comes running out when the when the assailant looks at the guy the guy like a wuss runs away no cops anywhere. They're upstairs. And this seven-time felon gets away with it, goes upstairs. They finally able to identify the guy, and cops eventually grab him. But it's not since she can't ride the subway. She's been shaken up. She can't work. She can't see out of the eye. The eye is slowly, get this, I don't want to freak people out, but slowly deflating. And she came on, and she ripped AOC, said, you're upset about a pay raise to $55,000 in a city that taxes you through the nose? He says, "You, when you're in trouble, you can't call a teacher or a lifeguard. You need a cop. There were no cops around because we don't have enough. And AOC coming out t- telling the Daily Show that it's okay to give to, to a militarized section of the city when everyone else has got to tighten their belts. They're not militarized. It is public safety. What is wrong with her? So the Republican, excuse me. So the Republicans, Brian, you would have thought would have learned their lesson back in the midterms in 2022. No one can convince me that abortion was not a major issue in what turned out to be a very disappointing day, right? All the big gubernatorial. 
then we didn't take back the Senate, barely won the House, and abortion was a big deal. So in the last week alone, you've got Ron DeSantis down in Florida with an abortion ban, which, by the way, has cost uh, him money because some of these donors now say he's no longer electable. And now Mike Pence, he comes out yesterday, and he wants to basically take the abortion bill off the shelf. Do these folks understand that they have no chance to win these elections if they don't at least soften up on that issue? I don't get it. I mean, number one, this is the conundrum they're in. Evangelicals are with Trump. But if Trump comes out against DeSantis and Pence for, you know, DeSantis says six weeks, they're illegal in Florida. All right. That's what the legislature said, and he signed it. And if Pence says, I want zero, okay, evangelicals will say, okay. Trump comes out and says what Sid just said. Sid Rosenberg just said. Sid said, you got to be practical. And the evangelicals, excuse me, I voted for you. You delivered Roe v. Wade. You put those judges on the Supreme Court, and now you're backtracking off it? So I believe, in a way, Trump's in the toughest spot here. But, Sid, you're talking sense in the general election, practical. And what you want to do is return it to the states to decide what works for them. Oklahoma's got a different set of values than New York. So respond. And I thought Senator Rubio had the best answer. He said, I'm pro-life, but Florida's not. So right now, 15 weeks is what Florida wants. I'm running for re-election. I'm going to leave it at 15 weeks. If people ask me, I want, I'm pro-life. I would have zero. But as a legislator, I represent the people. That would be my answer. All right. And finally, Brian, you know, the uh, this topic keeps coming up. Males competing with females in sports. In fact, I had Malena Shava on earlier this morning. She talked about it. Michelle Tafoya talked about it quite a bit on your network yesterday. And you and I both have daughters. And I can tell you, Brian, that if some guy acting as if a female walked on the tennis court to play Ava, I don't know what I would do to that person. I'm being honest. I, I don't know if I get physical. I don't know. But it's absolutely ridiculous that the Democrats who claim they're the party of science are okay with boys, and they are boys, playing against girls. Uh, I know the House passed it yesterday. That's not going to happen anymore. But do you think it goes through the Senate as well, or is this a battle we're not going to win? Well, I mean, did you see the retort? Hakeem Jeffries of New York, obviously, came out and said, you're bullying. Uh, We had James Clyburn come out and said, this is a non-issue. Why, you know, why, why be so condemning? It's just like when people came out against gay marriage. You know the people against gay marriage? Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They were against gay marriage. Everything switched in between 2004 and 2008. I, I thought we all realized that. Well, I thought we weren't pretending anymore. So uh, American as a society, a much more accepting. I think it's a good thing. We'll never accept this because it's not fair to women. Women, it's not fair to. And we had Donna Deverona on, and I did not know this. At 13 years old, this woman is swimming in the Olympics in 1960. And in 64, she's winning golds. And then she co-founded the Women's Sports Foundation, pioneered Title IX. And she came on and said, listen, this can't be allowed. I talked to Renee Richards. I don't know how many people remember that. But she actually was lived in Massapequa, was a woman, became a, excuse me, was a man, became a woman and competed. And she said, I made a mistake. I never should have done that. Caitlyn Jenner said uh, there's no way men should be competing, trans women, trans men uh, should be competing against women. And then this is all logical. But Democrats say it's xenophobic. It's They say it's not fair. It's bullying. It shows a lack of tolerance. I think logic is on our side here. And I do believe that most people will understand that very shortly. I think this issue we win. 
But the fact that they're still trying to grasp and marginalize us and make people look like cavemen that are pushing back against it. I'm telling you right now, if any of these Democrats who are against it had a trans man play soccer, lacrosse, any contact sport against their kid, they probably, if they were smart, they wouldn't let them take the field. Number two is if they're trying to win an NCAA championship and the person that beats them is a man, you tell me that that's fair. Why is that fair to women? Oh, it's not bad, but of course, uh, that's how people are. It has to happen to them before they start to appreciate what it means to everybody else, which is nonsense. So tell us that great show. It's got over a million viewers again last week on Saturday Night One Nation. Who's coming up tomorrow night, buddy? Well, uh, Jorge Masvidal, remember he came out and said, uh, <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Well, but actually, 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 first, before he did that, he, he was uh, yelling and screaming because Trump was in the audience, the greatest president in the history of the United States. And yeah. then along with Trump, he started the let's go Brandon Chan. So there is no bigger Trump guy outside of maybe Colby Covington than Masvidal. That's a great guest. Yeah, I think so. And he was also headlined the first card when we came back from the pandemic when the UFC said, screw this. No more distancing. No more masks. We're going to Jacksonville and we're going to sports his back. So forever grateful. And he also loves DeSantis. So he's going to come on with me and he's going to tackle not only these issues. Do you realize that 75 percent of today's youth could not qualify to go into the military, even if they signed up right now? Do you know there's a there's a rise in that uh the gastro uh, bypass surgery for kids to bypass because they're so heavy uh, and they're so uh, uh, ill-nourished that they can't even get to school and they have so they're doing the surgery that Rex Rex Ryan went through. Mm. So I'm going to have him tackle that as well as this trans issue. I was talking to him last night. Uh, Ron Johnson on the investigation. Do you realize, Sid, he was for he was further along on this? Than we are right now. He had all this information, but we lost the Senate. Uh, the Republicans lost the Senate uh, because of the crazy Georgia election. So the whole investigation stopped, and that's or else we would have been here two years ago. Uh, I'm also going to be uh, visited by Geraldo and Judge Janine on the panel, and we're going to have a lot of other surprises. Oh, I think oh, I'm going to yeah. leave with the lunacy of these investigations and Democrats coming out saying, what was wrong with Afghanistan? It's Trump's fault. What's wrong with the border? It's Trump's fault. And I think I'm going to have some fun with that. Unbelievable. They still blame Trump for everything. Anyway, the show is great coming up tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on Fox. And, of course, you do a great job after me on this radio station every weekday morning at 10. So go out and get them. Have a great Friday morning. Have a great weekend. We'll do this again next week, buddy. You're the best. Thank you so much, Brian. All right, stay within yourself, and uh, and go Knicks, go Rangers. <laughs> All right, there he is, folks. Brian Kilmeade follows me every morning right here on Talk Radio 77. WABC comes your way at 10 o'clock as we speak. He's on Fox and Friends on Fox News. And, of course, as you just heard, One Nation, 8 p.m. Saturday nights on Fox News. Still to come, we'll talk law with big-time attorney Arthur Idala and basketball with a great serious XM NBA host, Brian Geltzader. This, the Friday edition of Sid Rosenberg. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Boy.
driving by 49th and 3rd right now. You may have seen me getting almost uh, jiggy with it. This is one of my favorite songs ever. This would come on in the clubs, Mandalay by La Flavor, and I would go nuts. And uh, much like Noam, I've got the white man Jewish overbite, the whole thing, you know. A lot of head bobbing and very little hip swerving, but still look pretty good for 56. But this is a Disco Friday on the Sid Rosen, the Sid and Friends show. Here on uh, 77 WABC Music has been fun all morning long. Lisa Orban, one of our great salespeople, love her. Been friends with her for 23 years. Back to our days together at WNEW. said, I love the music today. Got some great guests as well. We uh, heard from Brian Kilmeade last segment. He was terrific. Earlier this morning, Marlena Shivo, Curtis Sliwa. Still to come this hour, Gnomes Nuggets, Arthur Idala, always a great guest. One of the fine defense attorneys in the country right there with Joe Tacopina, Danielle Rosenberg, and the rest. Then we'll talk NBA hoops. The Knicks and Cavaliers get set for a huge game three at Madison Square Garden tonight. That series has been reduced to a best of five. And we'll talk to Brian Geltziler, Mr. NBA for Sirius XM, coming up at 9.05. So a lot more really, really good stuff to come on today's program. So I guess uh, Fat Chris Christie was talking again, yeah? Yeah, he was um, talking out of his age. Yeah, I got a big ass right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I always like Chris. I don't think he likes me. He got back to me, he's not a big fan. Uh, these people, they're, they're so sensitive. So one thing I will say about the mayor, I have been kicking the crap out of Adams for three weeks. Kicking the crap out of him. And there's no way Anthony Carone, dear friend of both of ours, other people that we're both friends with, there's no way he doesn't know about it. There's no way. And yet yesterday he sent me a happy birthday text. Let's get a drink. But most of these people are such pussies. And Christy, Christy complained about me years ago. See, here's the thing with Christy. I was working down in Florida, and I came up with my producer, Steve Zemak, years ago to cover the Super Bowl, the only one we ever had here in New York, New Jersey. That was Peyton Manning and the Broncos taking on, um, I think, uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, I think. I don't remember, but I think that was it. And, um, in fact, I remember I filled in for Mark Malusis and did a show at the casino at Aqueduct Racetrack, which I don't know why there's not a casino on. Well, I know why, but they hate the content. But how there's not a casino on this show, I don't know. I had Jim Allen and the Hard Rock for years. But anyway, that's a different story. So I remember when I arrived in New York, the headline of the paper was the whole Chris Christie deal at the GW Bridge. And I remember saying at the time that, no matter which way it went, Chris Christie was guilty. What did I mean by that? I'll tell you. If, in fact, he told his people, no one wants your opinion on this. If, in fact, he told his people to shut it down and cause traffic, then Chris Christie is guilty. Let me give you the other side. He had nothing to do with it. Well, if his people decided to do that and he as the head honcho, as the chief, wasn't aware, to me, that's equally as bad. So, to me, there was no defense. He either did it, and if he didn't know about it, then he's a crappy leader. Does that make sense, Noam? I think so. Well, you know, that's, there's that, of course, and you remember he famously closed down 
The beaches. All oh, the beaches in there. Remember, there he was. Fat bastard sitting there on the a beach. beach. Yeah. yeah. The, the more famous picture of him on the beach may have been when he had serious camel toe when he was dressed in a baseball yeah. uniform <laughs> for Boomer and Carton on the fan. I mean, that was a brutal picture. It was. Brutal. Yeah. But yet there's something about him. I don't know. I like him. I, You know, he's got balls. Not because he stands up to Trump. Everybody does that these days. But he's got balls. He was a, a, a real good governor. I mean, he made some mistakes. I know that. The Dems in Jersey still hate his guts. But, hey, one thing he did, which Phil Murphy is reaping the benefits today, he brought gambling to New Jersey. And New Jersey, I believe, is number one in the nation. We may even beat Vegas. It's a lot of revenue. Thanks to, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Chris Christie. But he still turned his back on Trump, backstabbed Donald Trump right away. Years ago, the whole boomer thing on the fan. And he continues to do it. So He's on MSNBC, which is a just a, well, uh, to me, they, they commit treason every day. I know that sounds a bit much, but it is a treasonous network. So Christie was on yesterday. He said something about Trump. Just play it. Yeah, so. I think those people who say that they will defer to Donald Trump yeah. have disqualified themselves from being president. Because if you're not willing to stand up to, to someone, then you how can you going to be standing up for everyone when you're president? And so these are some other prospective Republican candidates sure. in 2024, either have said they defer or clearly are. You find that disqualified? I do, because I think that if you believe that you have the talent, the ability, the skills to be president of the United States, that you shouldn't defer to anyone if you believe you're the best person. Is he running? Is uh, Christie going to run then? Was that kind of the the pregame for announcing his run? I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I think he's going to. Larry Elder is running for president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I actually have that sound if you want it. So, you know, he um, when they um, try to get Gavin Newsom, they try to get him out. What do they call that again when they... Uh... Recall? Yes, thank you. Very good, Noam. So they recalled Newsom out in California, and a bunch of people jumped in, and everybody was yelling and screaming that conservative black, I like this guy a lot, talk show host Larry Elder was going to win. Not only did Larry Elder not win, but he took a beating like you've never seen before. It wasn't even competitive. So I guess after getting your ass kicked in a recall against a very unpopular California governor, what is the obvious next move, logically, one for president? I mean, it's like Bill de Blasio. I'm the worst mayor in the history of New York. Let me run for president. Now, Larry Elder's a much smarter and better guy than de Blasio, but this is silly. Here he's on a Tucker Carlson last night. Larry Elder announcing, I'm running for president. My announcement, Tucker, is that I'm announcing that I'm running for the presidency of the United States oh on your God. program. And thank you wow. so much for giving me this honor and this platform. Of course. Wow. Tucker, the reason know. I'm doing this is because, you know, my father was a World War II vet. He served in, in, on, on the island of Guam. He was a Marine, first black Marines. They were called Monfort Point Marines. My older brother, my late older brother, Kirk, was in the Navy during the Vietnam era. And my little brother, Dennis, actually served in Vietnam in the Army. I'm the only one who didn't serve, and I don't feel good about that. Uh, I feel I have a moral, a religious, and a patriotic duty to give back to a country that's been so good to my family and to me. And that is why I'm doing this, Tucker. There you have it, Larry Elder. That's big news. The real big news today is that Joe Biden, for real, is set to announce he is running again. Greg Kelly told me yesterday he wouldn't do it, so we'll see. 
Maybe Greg is right. Maybe he won't. But I remember Bernie telling me the same thing all the way through, right through Super Tuesday. It ain't going to happen. Then he's president, and now he's saying he's going to do it again. He'll be 82 years old. He barely knows his own name, let alone Kamala Harris. But he's going to run, and it looks like he's going to make that announcement official in a video statement coming up on Tuesday. But I do want to congratulate Kevin McCarthy this morning, the Speaker of the House, the Republicans, for passing this bill, transgender sports, banning men from playing sports with women. The bad news is, at least in my opinion, I don't think the Senate will pass this. It is still a Democrat Senate. So despite Brian Kilmeade saying earlier he thinks we're going to win this battle, I don't think we do. But you got to start with the House, right? That's how you start. Here's Kevin McCarthy. It's a great day for America and women. Cut number seven. Today is a great day for America, for fairness, for families, and most importantly, for female athletes. House Republicans pledged before the last election our commitment to America to protect women and girls in sports. Today we kept that promise. Today they did, in fact, keep that promise. So that's good news. Mike Pence. You know, this abortion stuff ain't good for the Republicans. I brought this up with Kilmeade. One of the reasons why, you know, convince me of this, Lydia. I'll give Lydia credit. She convinced me she was right. That the abortion issue played a role in that very disappointing election day, the midterms, 2022. We lost every big gubernatorial race, even Zeldin, who was markedly better than Hochul, but in this state, Two and a half, maybe three to one Democrat. The numbers just weren't there. So we lost every big gubernatorial election. We barely won the House, and we lost the Senate. And the one red-button issue that Republicans did a lousy job with was abortion. And they're doing it again. Ron DeSantis, six-week ban on abortion in South Florida. And now Pence... Mike Pence, who's not a serious candidate any either. I mean, give me a break. He, he's a nice guy. He's been here a couple of times. I've met him, interviewed him. John likes him, catch him at TDs, but he's not a serious uh, candidate. It's a joke. You know, he's, the Jesus stuff, after a while, it just doesn't work, folks. And he is obviously pro-life. I'm not. I'm pro-choice. Now he wants to completely ban the abortion pill, which is basically committing political suicide. I'm sorry. But you're just doing it. So here's Mike Pence. He says here he fully supports banning the bill. He's pro-life. He doesn't care. Mike Pence, cut number 11. I'm pro-life. I don't apologize for it. The reality is that uh, 20 years ago, the FDA exceeded uh, its authority in approving the abortion pill. And at the end of the day, I, I... I, I fully support efforts to take the abortion pill off the market. I, I think it. I'm pro-life, uh, but I also believe that it's it's uh, caused great harm uh, for women around the country. And finally, Jonathan Turley on with Brian Kilmeade yesterday, talking about the IRS whistleblower. Now you know Hunter Biden's attorneys are going after this whistleblower because when you're guilty, what's the best thing to do? Go on the offense. That's what Biden's attorneys are doing. This is John Turley with Brian Kilmeade saying it's ironic how Hunter Biden's counsel attacked the IRS whistleblower when, in fact, he's the guilty one. Cut number three. There's obviously the allegation of perjury. It's also a crime to interfere with IRS investigations. 
So these things do bring you into the criminal code. It's also important, as I keep on saying, that uh, there is the secondary question as well. Whether or not there's evidence of crime, there is ample evidence of corruption. That's what influence peddling is. There's ample evidence of millions of dollars going to the Biden family. Congress has an equal interest in that. In fact, Congress is the primary body to investigate that, since the Department of Justice investigates crimes. So there's a lot here that we have to unravel. What was ironic about the attack by Hunter Biden's counsel on this whistleblower is that Hunter Biden just recently called on the IRS to investigate his critics. So it was a rather odd moment for them to have this pearl-clutching scene that they were appalled that a whistleblower went to Congress. I've represented whistleblowers. This is how whistleblowers have to proceed. All right, there you have it, Jonathan Turley. So we covered a lot of the major stories right there. we got some great guests coming up. Gnomes Nuggets, one of the more entertaining segments you'll hear all day long on WABC. Artie Idala, always tremendous, famed defense attorney, coming up at 840. Brian Geltzeiler, Nixon Cavs, coming up at 905. Disco Friday, here's some more Mondelay by Lafayette. in the morning 77 WABC No Layton picked this song. It's a great song, Knock on Wood, but going to make you nauseous. But I tell you, this song by Amy Stewart is now 45 years old. This song came out in 1978. <laughs> I was 11. <laughs> Knock on Wood, Amy Stewart, as we continue our Disco Friday. Been a lot of fun so far today. A couple more great guests to come your way, including... Famed defense attorney, Artie Idala, Everything from Alec Baldwin to Donald Trump. He's coming up next. And a great NBA guy, Brian Geltzeiler. But it is time, talking about Noam picking that song, for Noam's Nuggets on a Friday morning. Good morning, Noam. Good morning, Sydney. You could not have picked a more perfect day to do Disco Friday because my Nuggets are coincidentally about disco. No way. Yeah. Yeah. A really controversial top ten list of the top ten disco songs of all time has come out from top Rolling Stone. disco songs of all yes. time. Yeah. You know, I see these lists. I go to Google. I look for the top ten, top 100. And inevitably, there's stuff in there I don't love. Like, I like the real, you know, the stuff you heard at like 3 o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Right. So they have these songs that you hear like uh, back then on radio that... 
I didn't really consider great disco songs necessarily. So I'm curious to hear what this uh, what this list says. Okay, so this is from Rolling Stone. Yeah. The top ten at number ten. Give me the group, and I'll see if I can name it. Uh, Chic. La Freak. Thank you. Number ten on the top ten disco songs. Good song. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. Okay, so Chic coming in at number ten. Give me the other group. Number nine, it is the first time that this group appears in the top ten. Yeah. The Bee Gees. We just, uh, I asked you for the uh, the group, uh, so the song is going to be Night Fever. Look at you. Wow. How about that? Arthur Idol is coming up next. He's actually asked for Night Fever because he's a Bay Ridge guy. See, I'm smart. I saved staying alive for later. Good, good song. All right. So, All right, two, so two, that number was eight. the uh, Bee Gees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in number eight. Yeah. On Casey Kasem's top ten countdown, the, group? the greatest disco songs of all time, Thelma Houston. Oh, um, don't do me that way. Uh, don't leave me this way. Oh, come on, this is hot. It's a great song. Uh-huh. Leave me this way. Look at me. Yeah, you're good so far. Four for four. Oh, uh, three for three, but three for three. Yeah, you, you never, you never get a match. No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, number seven. Yeah, the Bee Gees are back, staying alive. No, 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 no. Okay. How deep is your love? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. You should be dancing. Oh, my God. You are right. Now, just so you know, I swear on my son Gabriel. Right. On his life that I don't have any of these lists in front of me. You so. do not. Right. I, I would absolutely call you out right. if you did. All right. Number six. Okay. Number six uh, mm-hmm. is The Tramps. Oh, Disco Inferno. Another great disco song. Yeah, Curtis Sliwa picked it for his segment at 7.05 this morning. Idala wanted it, but it was already used. Great song also, Saturday Night Fever. All, All right, right, so, so now we get to the top five. All right, number I mean, five. These are the number five. Now, this is the most controversial part of this Top 10 disco songs of all time. Yeah. I'll give you the band, and you're going to look at me like I'm crazy. All right. The Rolling Stones. What are you, crazy? Uh, I got to pick the song. Really, the Rolling Stones, and they consider this a disco song? Yeah, I I totally disagree with this, but it made it into the top 10 of all time. Well, you can obviously dance to it. Maybe it's the one where he made out with David Bowie, Dancing in the Streets? No, that was too late. That was Uh, over the 80s. A Rolling Stone, it can't be starting me up, it can't be Angie, it can't be... Um... You're not going to get it, because it I, just I have shouldn't no idea. be in this list. What is it? Miss you. I mean, it's a great song, but what disco ever played this? I went to every disco ever in New York City, I never heard Miss You once. Not once. Maybe at Lemoore's. I mean, how do you put that at number five? It makes no sense. That makes, uh, yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. But then again, this is the same magazine that airbrushed the Tsarnev brother and made him look like Jesus Christ <laughs> after he bombed everybody in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number okay. four. What's the group? Number four. Now we're really getting close to number one. Yeah. Donna Summer. Now, well, I'm, I'm not going to give you a hint. This I'll just tough. tell you that Donna Summer at number four. Now, remember, she's, you know, the queen of disco. Right. There's nobody bigger than Donna Probably Summer. Probably a couple So Donna be careful Summer. here. Right. So you, you know, right away you go to Last Dance, but that may be higher on this list. 
So this is also controversial, by the way. I'll, I'll give you that it? hint because I would have switched around with a couple of these when I saw that. So yeah. this might throw you a little. I'm going to go with she works hard for the money. Incorrect. Yeah. Play it, guy. Oh, it is last dance. I would have put this higher. I think this is one of the greatest disco songs of all time. I mean, it's every bar mitzvah ends with this song. Yeah, but there's even other, this day. There's other Donna Summer songs in this list. Yeah. All right, so number four. Yeah. Donna Summer on this all-time list. We're yeah. getting closer to number one. You know, Rob Apolitano was right. You could use the whole Saturday Night Fever uh, track for this uh, list. Number three now we're up to? So we're number three. Don- Donna Summer was number four, but she's also number three. I'm going to go with uh, Love to Love You, Baby. Mm. Uh, she works hard for the money. Oh. Mm. I, don't I like dudes I... with money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to get this one because I would have put Last Dance ahead of this. It's uh, I Feel Love. No, oh, I love this song. Oh, this is a hot song, man. Come on, no. It's a great song, but oh, this Last is really Dance good. Last Dance goes higher than I Feel Love. I would, yeah, I'm with you. Because of the, to this day, they still play it. This is a really good song. Oh, my God, Donna Summer. This is number three. This is number three. Number two, who's the band? Okay, number three. Number two. Yeah. We're just one away from number one. Sydney. Very exciting. Yeah. It is. This should be just, uh, if you don't get this, I'm going to come into the other room and beat the living daylights out of you. If you could, sure. Good. Gloria Gaynor. I will survive. It's a great song. You know what the problem is? What's that? She's dead. Oh, she didn't survive it. She's not, she is? She's dead? No, so it's Donna know. Summer for that, man. Yeah, Donna's dead, yeah. And so you're back. Come on. And you see something like your fat Jewish aunt dancing at a wedding. <laughs> fat ass on the floor. She's like throwing her arms up in the air. Gloria Gaynor, baby. Too much lipstick. <laughs> Too much lipstick. Adasa arms. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, okay. is, it's going to be one. Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. That's my guess. Your guess is Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. That is my guess. As the number one disco song of all yeah, because time. they're not going to play like Born to be Alive or Mandalay. They're not going to play any like, well, you know what was a great group actually for disco music? And uh, the song Angel Eyes was, uh, was great. I forgot the name of it. Oh, Lime. Lime was great. But they're not going to do those songs. They're not going to do, uh, what's the other one? No blacks and no Jews and no grace of God. They're not going to do that. Hell if I know. No. It's going to be uh, staying alive. So you think it's going to be, I I just want to make sure that you're 100% sure about this decision. Yes, we just, that's my final answer. would beat out uh, everybody else's staying alive as the number Number one one. disco song of all time. We just, that's my final answer. Okay, do you want to phone a friend? Nope. Okay, here we go. The number one song of all time, disco song, Rolling Stone, is... Oh, good. Oh, my God. If I could make love to myself, I would do it right now. <laughs> You're a little impressed. Come on. I am. You can JT, man. JT. He's the man. I wanted to be Tony Manero so wanted to be. I want to be Tony Manero so badly it hurts. <laughs> Good stuff. That is an excellent gold nuggets. Give Bob, give Bob a round of applause. Uh, thank you. Well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Look at that. Wow. Even Justin's class. <laughs> yeah. Talking about JT, Tony Manero, Saturday Night Fever in Brooklyn. Of course, he danced every Friday night at 2001 in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn.
And we're going to Bay Ridge, Brooklyn next with one of the great attorneys in the country today, a dear friend, Arthur Idala, on this Disco Friday is next. Let's do this. Come on. in the morning 77 WABC Brooklyn boy, Curtis Sliwa, what song he wanted. He was on at 705. He was great. Then he picked the Trans Disco Inferno. Audie Idala picked the same song, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. So now he's come back with SNF classic Night Fever. I love this guy. He's uh, not only my friend, but my attorney as well. Right up there with the Joe Tacopinas of the world. All the big clients either go to TAC or they go to Audi. That's the bottom line. So here he is. He may be in Manhattan already, but hopefully live from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, on a disco Friday. Famed defense attorney and Sid Rosenberg buddy, Arthur Idala. Good morning, Audi. What's up? I am still in Bay Ridge. You have to drop a little Arthur off at uh, school. Uh, I got a couple of orders of business. Number one, happy belated birthday. Thank you for that. That's a, that's a, that's a good you. one. Number two, yeah. your list, being able to rattle off all the disco songs just now, very impressive. <laughs> and, of course, that, no, seriously, see, that was very impressive. I'm not Thank BSing you. That was very impressive. Thank you. And, and I got to tell you, when you said what song you want, I'm like, do the Stones have a disco song? I'm like, no, the Rolling Stones don't have a disco hey, it's song. It's funny, but, and, and there's no I know you love Springsteen. You've seen him a million times. You're going to Italy and Rome to see him soon. But there's no bigger Rolling Stones fan than you. You've seen him all over the world. You can't categorize Miss You as a disco song. I totally agree with you. That 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 was ridiculous. And the last thing before we get into the law is congratulations on really the, the, the show and the ratings and all that. I mean, it's. You're kicking some butt, and, um, you know, I'm very – Sid, I know you, you know, a long time, and sometimes things weren't as always as great as they are for you right now. True. So, um, yep. you know, yep. going to see your, your daughter overseas and your mother's around with you and your wife still talks to you on occasion. <laughs> you know, it's all good. It's all it is good, shocking. So. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. Now, here's, now, here's, now, you, now, you, now, you, you, you've you. seen some, uh, some ugliness along the way, so coming from you, that means a lot. But go ahead. Fire away now. What do you got? Okay, so I'm listening to you yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're you're all bent out of shape yeah. because 
people who in this beautiful, spectacular country that you love are actually innocent until proven guilty. Sometimes no, no, i got to stop you for a second. The reason why the story came up is because uh, taxpayers are not $53 million to Rikers. So uh, I, where you're wrong on the text you sent me this morning is I disagree with Nancy Grace. I was making fun of Nancy Grace because whether you're Kobe Bryant or Michael Jackson, according to Nancy Grace, you are guilty until proven innocent. I disagree with Nancy. Now, okay, the other good. two things you're going to you. yeah, the other, right, the okay. bring up, I absolutely agree with, and that is, well, go ahead, bring it up. Well, you said you're all for. <laughs> I've always laid this ass from laughing. Uh, you are all for torture. One hundred percent. All for torture. All for torture, torture these bastards. Stick water up their ass. Do their news. Do what you got to do to get the information. I am one thousand percent for torture and the death penalty. One thousand percent. Okay, and you also said you don't care how people get treated when they go to prison. I mean, look, you know, Artie, we both have friends. We've gone to jail, both of us, right? I mean, me, you, Bo Dito, we've got my friends, we've got guys from high school, and, and I still love them. I love them to this day, and there's got, yes, there's got to be a certain amount of rules, but once you break the law, you go away? There's a lot more things to be sympathetic about than how somebody's being treated in prison. Are you nuts? Well, listen, there, it, there's a line, and, and you got yes. what makes this country so great is 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 how we treat human beings and and there's some instances where we should treat them better i mean you know what they do to people in china in russia hard labor and, and you know total deprivation of food and water look i'm representing galaine maxwell right now she was innocent until proven guilty at her trial did the way they treated that woman the woman here's the jeffrey epstein case right it's all about men abusing women it's all about men abusing young women. And there's only one, one, one person who gets arrested, a woman. Well, wait a second. Oh, wait a second. She, 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 it wasn't like it was by accident. She, as far as I know, allegedly brought these young girls to Jeffrey Epstein, making her every bit as guilty as Jeffrey Epstein. Not that my opinion matters, and I don't see you're her attorney. She's as guilty as O.J. Simpson. Don't make it sound like she had nothing to do with this because she's a woman. Okay, well, she brought on. these girls. Okay, wait, okay. You, you're saying that the guy who – now, maybe by law is one thing, but let's talk about reality. You're yeah. saying, hypothetically, the guy that handed O.J. Simpson the knife yeah. is as guilty as O.J. Simpson filleting two human beings. Is that oh, what you're saying? 100%. If he knew that O.J. Okay. was going to use that knife to kill somebody well, in the law, next hour – if O.J. said, listen, my ex-wife and Ronald are outside, give me this knife so I can kill them, and the guy gives them the knife, you're damn right he's guilty, and that's wow, exactly it, what Maxwell did. You just passed the bar exam for acting in concert, and you're absolutely <laughs> correct. But let's just get back to how people, how people, how she was treated, and people, certain people are treated in prison. She was woken up, Sid. Every 15 minutes. Now, you know what sleep is like because you're on a crazy sleep schedule. Yeah, yeah. Imagine every 15 minutes, Danielle's going, shaking, you going, you okay? You okay? Sid? It does happen. Just yeah. You okay? Yeah. You all right? You, you lose your mind. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, the bottom line is this. People commit horrible crimes, like the guys, the 9-11, the people, the people who were convicted of that. 
they go like two levels below the ground. They get out one hour a day. They just sit in a box. In my opinion, that's worse than the death penalty. Course, if I knew bad. that was how I was going to spend the rest yeah. of my life, yeah. I would say, please put that needle in my arm and let me go to sleep. But, you know, we should. The reason why we gave $53 million to these people is because these were not convicts. These were what's called detainees. They hadn't been convicted of anything. Right. And they right. were really treated horribly. You're sleeping and you got a rat crawling on your chest. Hey. You got roaches in your ear. Yeah. Like, it's, it's New York, America. Mm. We're supposed to be better than that. No, we're not. Sounds like the Upper West Side, to be honest. Uh, Audie. <laughs> yeah. So I sent out, I put something, I never do this, but I put this on Truth Social on uh Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday, and uh, I told Lara Trump about it, and she loved it. And what I said was, I know one is federal and one is state. I get it, two different things, but hard to believe that Sarnev, the Boston bomber, was uh, charged of 30 federal counts, three people dead, hundreds injured, 17 people lost their limbs. He received 30 federal charges. Somehow they found 34 state charges for Trump. So ironically, this morning, I look at Eric Trump's Instagram, and Benny Johnson said yesterday something very similar about another case where somebody received more, I should say, less, less counts than Donald Trump did in this federal, in his state case coming up with uh, with Alvin Bragg. But, you know, while I made a joke about it, kind of, and so was Eric Trump, the more I think about it, 34 counts for Donald Trump. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. It was Alec Baldwin. Eric Trump says, wait a second, Baldwin killed somebody, he walks free, and they find 34 counts for my father. So two things, I know we both agree on this, the amount of counts is ridiculous, but secondly, Alec Baldwin, he had to walk. It was clearly an accident, yes? Well, it's also, and here's the difference, the Alec Baldwin prosecutors are now special prosecutors who really are supposed to be away from the whole political spectrum. And they should be credited by saying, listen, we got independent forensic people and we found that this gun actually could go off without the trigger being pulled, which is what Alec Baldwin has been saying from day one. And Sid, I have no problem telling you saying what a BS story Alec Baldwin just told. What gun goes off without pulling the trigger? But apparently this particular gun they've just found out was altered in some form so that it could have been fired without pulling the trigger. Unlike Trump's case, where you have a very political prosecutor, maybe the, probably the most political prosecutor in the country, making these charging decisions. And I had lunch last week with the former chief of the Rackets Bureau of the Brooklyn DA's office, who's handled thousands of these cases, a 28-year, 38-year prosecutor. He said, Arthur, and he's no big Donald Trump fan. He's like, Arthur, I've never seen a case anything like this, especially when you're charging basically federal crimes in a state grand jury. He goes, I do not see how you could do this. He goes, I just hope the state court judge has the guts to say, sorry, Alvin Bragg, you can't do this. I'm dismissing the charges. And, I mean, it, boy, what a crap storm will come down on this judge if he actually does that from one side of the aisle. But from legal scholars like Dershowitz, et cetera, they'll be like, congratulations, this judge actually did the right thing. 
Mm, so tough with the judges in New York. I know, for example, our mutual buddy Joseph Takapina is getting ready for this alleged rape. This girl is, uh, this lady, I should say, saying Trump raped her 30 years ago in a dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman. And at this point, it's a he said, she said. Now, Trump is not going to be here, I don't believe. He's on video, I think, already saying he didn't do it. So he's not going to be here for this. But you know, Artie, that even with the he said, she said, and the fact is, it's going to be very tough to prove this, that if you get a judge with a hair up his ass about Trump, he could still make it for a long, miserable afternoon for Joe Tacopina. But I guess if you're Tacopina, you can't just move the venue of every single every no. single case out of the state will, of New York. I will, yeah, I will tell you, the, the one thing that people keep screaming about, moving the venue, moving the venue, it's so hard to get the venue moved. There's so many hurdles that you have to, to uh, get over. But And, and Joe <clears throat> does not have a friendly judge in Judge Lewis Kaplan. I mean, Judge Lewis Kaplan was appointed by the Clintons. Uh, he's friendly with the Clintons. And, I mean, he, the judge is very nice to Joe while he's telling him, I'm not giving you this, I'm not giving you that. I'm not. You know, Joe asked for an adjournment to go be with his daughter Morgan when she gave birth to Joe's grandson. And he said no. Your grandchild. No. I, they don't know if it's a boy or girl. And, yeah, he, you know, he gave him a little time. And Joe went to London and came back, and then his daughter – didn't give birth, so he missed the birth the, the birth of his first grandkid. Yeah, so yeah, he's not he's not in a very friendly environment. And you know, the jurors typically typically are if you look at who voted for who in the, in New York are not going to be pro Trump mm. people. So yes, there's I mean, just so your audience is clear, your millions of audience listeners here. <laughs> This is not about him going to jail. This is not about Trump going to jail. It's whether Trump owes this woman millions of dollars because she's been so damaged because 27 years ago, while Bergdorf Goodman's store was open, <laughs> yeah. he pulled her into a dressing Please. room and forcibly raped her. Please. Yeah, it is a civil case. That's right. What do you think about this story? Federal appeals court yesterday issued an administrative stay temporarily blocking one attack of Pena's favorite people, Mark Pomerantz, from delivering his deposition. Any thoughts on this one? So the lower court, Judge Viscoso, she's in the Southern District of New York. She said that Pomerantz does have to testify in front of this congressional panel that's looking into Alvin Bragg. And in her decision, she writes, no one is above the law, which is exactly what Alvin Bragg said about Donald Trump. And now this judge is basically saying it about Alvin Bragg. But then when the Bragg's office appealed, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, one judge said, hold on, Pomerantz, you're not going to go testify yet. We want briefing papers due in 48 hours. And three judges on this, the Federal Court of Appeals are going to determine whether Pomerantz should testify in front of Congress or not. I think the courts should stay out of it. This is separation of powers. If Congress wants to hear from somebody, they should be able to call whatever they witness they want without without a judge or three judges getting involved. That's the foundation of this country. Just like we shouldn't have torture, just like people who are innocent until proven guilty, Congress should stay in their lane, the judiciary stays in their lane, the executive branch stays in their lane, and that's why this is a great country. We got to bring torture back in a big way. I mean, but we got. But and by the way, I think we should torture attorneys too, not just the bad guys. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. What about uh, 60 seconds to go? This uh, case with the IRS whistleblower, and now uh, Hunter Biden's gotten his attorneys to come out and uh, go on the offense. Any real opinion on that? And and the, the Attorney General of the United States of America is kind of staying out of it. That's a whole other mess. 
and it, it doesn't look well for our country. And I would love a powerful Democrat to step up and primary uh, President Biden and then let the Republicans fight in their own primary. And let's get some people maybe under the age of 80 <laughs> running for president of the United States. I hear you. Uh, listen, uh, I'm so glad you're back. Your segments are great. They really are. And uh, I love having you on. And thank you again for coming on on this Disco Friday, representing Brooklyn and Bay Ridge. Like you do, Arthur Idala, you're a genius. I love you. Thank you so much. Happy birthday, brother. I'll My man, you thank bit. you. Thank you. There he is, the great defense attorney. And what a super guy. His parents... Did such a good job. He's such a nice kid. He really is. I don't know his mom and dad well. I do know Takapina's mom and dad. Well, I did. They're both gone. But Audio Dollar is a really special person. That wraps up our number three. More politics, Nixon Cavaliers, Rangers, all that good stuff. We end the week with a fun and exciting hour number four on a Disco Friday. Right after this. Is Sid and friends in the morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. I thought the biggest thing was probably the ball pressure. Uh, Garland got loose on us, had a, had a big uh, big first half. Uh, Mitchell made a number of good plays. Uh, they beat us to the ball. They just they just play better, and um, we just got to come back on Friday and uh, you know, sit together the next couple of days and just get ready to go. Calling this show orgasmic. <laughs> hilarious. That was Tom Thibodeau, the head coach, and Jalen Brunson, the best player on the New York Knicks. NBA playoffs. Knicks Cavaliers game three coming up from the Garden later on tonight. We've done a lot of politics today, a lot of news, a lot of law. We'll take a break from that now. Now, I am on record with Brian Kilmeade this morning saying that I'm not going to lie to you. I'm much more excited about the Rangers than the Knicks. Just now. You know, I just can't explain it. Always love both sports. I think equally during the regular season, but for me, there's nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the Rangers are off to an amazing start. Knickerbocker's great, too. You know, you split those two games in Cleveland, a, a real good effort in game one. I had a feeling game two would be tougher. I didn't think they played that badly, but they did. And the NBA playoffs, although, again, uh, I enjoy them less than the NHL, have been very good. Some of these series, Kings and Warriors, Clippers and Suns, the Lakers, very interesting stuff. So my next guest is, in my opinion, as good an NBA guy as anybody in the country. I mean that. 
as good as anybody in the country. Has a big-time show on Sirius XM. Also spends a lot of time as an analyst, uh, analyst, I should say, on NBA TV. He's my old buddy, Brian Geltziler. Brian, good morning, pal. How are you? I'm fantastic. First of all, I couldn't be prouder of you back on top. You are, you're, you're my guy, and you are back where you belong. Love having you in New York and love the job that you're doing there, which is awesome. Second of all, you just led me in with my favorite song. I like the karaoke. It's Raining Men uh, by the Weather Girls, which is absolutely fantastic. And the third thing I'll tell you, and this probably will surprise you, now, again, I grew up in West Orange, New Jersey, Conrad, um, and I grew up in a house where – as much as listen, my father was a college basketball player in the late forties, and so basketball's in my blood. But my dad was the biggest New York Ranger fan on the planet. Wow. He passed away five and a half years ago at the age sorry. of eighty nine. And up till the fact, Sid, okay, and we have that shared sorrow, you and I. But up till I will tell you the the end of the season before he passed away, my father was still watching. 80 Ranger games a year. When wow. he would take my mother out to dinner, he would come home to catch the replay and stay up till one in the morning to watch it. So when you say you're more excited about the Rangers than the Knicks, I share that with you as well because, listen, I kind of put Nick fandom years ago on the shelf. I consider myself an NBA atheist. I am not like that in the NHL. I am, the Rangers have been fantastic in these first two games against a very, very good and impressive Devils team. Well, that's great stuff. All three of those things are great, and uh, I appreciate you uh, appreciating where I've come to in my career. Your father, God rest his soul, that is that is great stuff. But look, the Knicks, I still love them. And again, they, they got what they had to get. They split those two games in Cleveland. They come home tonight. You know, after game one, I said to myself, Brian, I said, where the hell are the Cavaliers going to get scoring? And then Darius Garland came out in game two and put in about 30 in the first half alone. And everybody seemed to be scoring for the Cavaliers in game two. So where are we in this Nick Cavalier series? After two games, does anybody really have the edge? Um, listen, I think the Cavs have an edge right now, even though they lost home court advantage. I thought J.B. Bickerstaff made a massive adjustment offensively going into game two. You bring up Darius Garland, who became unguardable uh, for the Knicks in game two. But more than that, I think that J.B. Bickerstaff, the head coach of the Cavaliers, made a determination that Donovan Mitchell can get a lot of points. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to win. I need other people involved. So I spread this Nick defense out a little bit. And we they have other guys that are hard to guard. Now, Mitchell had 13 assists. He had 17 points on 11 shots. He was an enormous factor, but not in the same way he was in game one, where he had 38 points, where the Knicks forced him into inefficiency on 30 shots. The thing is, the, where the real, I thought the Knicks really got beat. Listen, Garland is a terrific offensive player. And if, if New York fans haven't watched a lot of Darius Garland, you are seeing a gifted, gifted player that even at times will subjugate too much of his game to accommodate Donovan Mitchell. Karis LeVert buried the Knicks off the bench yeah. in game two. With I, I, listen, I, I love Karis with the Nets. I loved him with the Nets. I thought he was a great athlete. Yep. He's been so inconsistent this year, but this is. But you mentioned where were they going to get points? Listen, he abandoned Isaac Okoro early in that game. Isaac Okoro played, started the game and played two minutes for the Cavs. Wasn't hurt. Didn't get off the bench again the rest of the game. Now a lot of that is because he's the guy that's supposed to guard Jalen Brunson, and he just didn't do a good job on him in the second half of Game One. And it started out early on. It didn't look good there. And I, and I understood what Pickerstaff is thinking. He's got enough good defensive players on the floor that. T- to your point, they needed points. So now what do the Knicks do here in game three to adjust back to that? First of all, 
they're going to need to figure out a way in one form or another to get R.J. Barrett better quality shots. Randall's going to get his and Brunson's going to get his. That's who those two players are. But the Knicks, because you talk about the Cavs getting enough points, I worry about the Knicks getting enough points. And early on in game two, they were getting out in transition. The Cavs played the slowest pace in the league. That is by design. The Knicks pay, played the sixth slowest pace in the league. That's also by design. But for the Knicks, they're not going to win the series playing slow. They have to figure out ways to speed up the Cavs because those transition baskets are really the Knicks' only form of easy yep. buckets yep. in this series. So they have to push some tempo and push some pace and find another scoring option. The other thing is this, and it's very important to watch tonight, Josh Hart was fantastic in game one, was doubtful to play in game two with a sprained ankle, and actually did play, was not himself no. on the defensive end of the floor. Correct. Hart's lateral movement and what he does defensively is enormous because he is their best Mitchell defender, and he is their best Garland defender, yep. and he's got to do a good job on one of them. Oh, he's not healthy. I, I'm sorry. I watched him play the other night. He went out there. He's got Hart. He's got guts. I love him. He's got Hart. Hart's got Hart. He's not healthy. Yes, he does. Uh, we have about five minutes. I want to cover like three more six. I'm, I'm really intrigued by the Lakers. I argue with my guys all the time here that on any given day when he wants to be, LeBron James is still the best player in the world. I'm sorry. You could have the Greek freak. You could have, I don't care. When he wants to be, he is still unstoppable. And look, they had the second best record in the NBA after the All-Star break. They split the first two with the Memphis Grizzlies. How dangerous are the Lakers, if at all? Very um, if Anthony Davis is on the floor and healthy and LeBron's on the floor and healthy, they're very dangerous. I give Rob Palenka and that front office and Jeannie Buss and her whole little crack committee there all the credit in the world for what they did at the trade deadline. They found the right kind of pieces to fit properly around LeBron and Anthony Davis, and you're seeing different guys have contributions different nights, and their player development program has done a nice job. It's interesting. I'll say this. Rui Hachimura, who's had two 20-point games in, in this series and has looked absolutely terrific, um, he came to them before the trade deadline for a second-round pick. He may be one of the reasons is the Wizards just fired their GM because he has looked terrific for them. So I, the Lakers are dangerous. The Lakers are really tough. Now, can they, I think they can beat anyone in the conference. The question is, can they beat everyone? I'm not sure they can beat everyone because I just don't know that they can stay healthy enough to do that. But this is a fun Laker team, and we know this, Sid, about the NBA. The playoffs are always a lot more fun when yep. you have both coasts involved. Yep. And right now you have the Knicks on one coast and the Lakers on the other. And I don't know about the Knicks advancing, but I think the Lakers have a really good chance to advance in this series. No, I agree with you in this series. But uh, when the Suns got Kevin Durant, uh, I knew it was over. I thought it was over, I should say. Uh, so you had Durant to the, that roster of talent in Phoenix. They're up two games to one in their series against the Clippers right now. What do you see moving forward if Durant stays healthy is Phoenix, not man for man, the most talented team in the conference? They are clearly the most talented team in the conference. The question is, can they be connected enough because of how few games Durant plays? Durant still acts and looks like the new guy out there. Don't get me wrong, he's playing great. He had 25 points on 15 shots last night and, and got to the free throw line 11 times. So he still is playing Kevin Durant-style basketball, but he's not stepping in his lead dog role. And let's face it, he doesn't have to right now. Devin Booker's got two consecutive 40-point games, and the Clippers can't guard him. What's a bummer about this series is that it looked from the first two games, the Kawhi Leonard-Durant duel was so incredibly compelling because this Leonard load managed a big chunk of the season, only played 52 games, and came into the playoffs looking precious as daisy, looking fantastic. Well, in the meantime, in game two, he aggravates a knee problem. And aggravating that knee problem 
ends up keeping him out of game three. And the Clippers were terrific last night in that loss at home. They were bringing a knife to a gunfight talent-wise. Westbrook <laughs> fought his backside off. Norman Powell had 42 points. Okay, the Clippers did everything they could. The Suns were just too talented. And that's the shame in this series, Sid. Give me Kawhi Leonard on the floor here, please. Yeah. And let's see these two guys go at it and duel. And it's not going to happen. But again, when you if you're going to win a championship, you need to have breaks like this. Phoenix catches <clears throat> a major break in this series with Kawhi going out. Now, we don't know if he'll be back for their next game on Saturday or not. It's just a major question mark right now, which, again, is a big bummer and great for the Suns. This is Brian Geltzahler during this uh, very exciting NBA playoff season. So we, uh, we've got East Coast bias over here. We know about Golden State because Steve Kerr wins a championship every year. We know about Curry. But there's a lot of teams out there we don't pay any attention to. Let's be honest. You do. You work in the business. But no one pays attention to Denver unless Jokic has a big game. And Sacramento especially. This kid, Fox, is a great, not good, a great basketball player. Sacramento was a top three seed in the West this year. No one could have told you that here on the East Coast. And now, yes, Golden State won game three, but that series is 2-1 to Sacramento. How dangerous are the Kings? Very. First of all, home court advantage in this series is enormous when it comes to playing the Warriors. The Warriors were the fourth-worst road team in the NBA this year and the third-best home team. Talk about a, a huge split between home and road for them. Sacramento's got home court advantage. And the Warriors had a chance to steal game one, missed a couple of big threes late that would have taken it. But the Warriors are struggling very badly with De'Aaron Fox. He's going where he wants to go, when he wants to go there. And the thing, you know, the game in this day and age, Sid, you know, is played either behind the three-point line or at the rim. Everybody's hung up on the analytics and playing what I like to call spreadsheet basketball. De'Aaron Fox doesn't play spreadsheet basketball. He plays that game in the mid-range. And if you want to back off towards a restricted area for him because he is lightning fast, He'll pull up from 12 feet and drain a pull up in your face. Like that's he, and he does what he wants when he wants. And the thing about Sacramento, they play one of the fastest paces in the league. Fox leads that pace and pushes the ball up the floor. He's a special, special player, and you're absolutely right. This was a guy, by the way, that a year ago was a bad contract. Sacramento couldn't move for any kind of value. But they've turned this thing around. They've turned Fox's attitude around through trading a guy he was competing for minutes and touches for in, in a, um, Therese Halliburton. And now Fox has been tremendous for them. And it's leading. Listen, I picked Golden State to win the series at the beginning of the series. I'm not sure right now. Because no. I just don't no. know that Golden State's capable enough to win on the road. I agree. That I think, is the no. tough part here. I think the Kings doing this series. So in the end, and you and I will have these conversations, hopefully, if you're around, I know you're very busy a lot because I think the road will be great. Uh, you're going Bucks and Suns. I know it's only the first round of the playoffs, but what is Brian Geltzado's pick for the NBA Finals? That's it. You know me well enough to know that I will stay on a prediction right down at the very end. I picked the Sixers and the Nuggets before the season began, and I'm staying there right now. The Sixers, have, they have an easy first round. They're up 3-0 in the Nets. They're likely to sweep them and then get a whole lot of time to rest. They're, they play slow. They're built to play slow and win in the playoffs. That's how the team's built up. And beat can stay on the floor. I don't know if either Milwaukee or Boston can beat them in a series. Milwaukee, listen, with Giannis banged up and hurt, you know, it becomes a little bit of a different ball game for them. I, I, so I like Philly there. And I think everybody's sleeping on the Denver Nuggets. There's a reason they were the number one Steve. They, they were the second-best home team in the NBA, and that's after a collapse at home late in the season. They're very, very tough to beat in that thin air. Jokic is special, but they went and brought in a couple of really good perimeter defenders in the offseason, and Catavius Caldwell-Pope and Bruce Brown. 
down. Aaron Gordon just had the best year of his career. They have a good six, seven guy man rotation that's very tough for anybody in the conference to match up with. So I'm sticking with Philly and Denver, Sid. That's what I'm looking at. And again, I'm still stronger on Denver than I am Philly, just because Boston's very deep and talented, as is Milwaukee. Milwaukee's really, really big. And that's definitely a concern for the Sixers. BG, as always, great conversation. Let's do it again next week as some of these series come to a close and see if you're any closer to the 76ers and Nuggets. Great catching up with you. Thank you for the kind words. God rest your father's soul. Let's go, Rangers. We'll do it again next week, buddy. Thank you so much. Let's go, Rangers, baby. It's always my pleasure. I'll do it as much as you want. I always love joining you, my friend. I never forget you. When I was nothing and only had a little website, you were putting me on your show in Florida. And yeah, all, all, all the love to you and your family, my Thank man. you, man. Well, you deserved it. You uh, you really are great. I mean, you. the first time I spoke to this guy, I was like, man, this guy's really good. He, he's a Jersey kid, so certainly there was some bias. But, man, is he smart. And he knows this game of basketball as well as anybody. Stephen A. Smith can yell and scream all he wants. My guy is Brian Geltzahler. We'll come right back. Disco Friday. Sid Rosenberg. Talk Radio 77. WABC. In the morning, 77 WABC. Pointer, heaven must have set me on this disco Friday. You know, nobody, I know I brought up with you earlier, but um, you go to these parties now and, like, they'll put on, like, a birthday party for a lady. She turns 55 or 60 or 65, you know, and they make a disco party, and <laughs> all the ladies are out there dancing, and it's it's cute. Sometimes it's really cute because some of these ladies still look right and they can still dance, but... I always find it sad because I know that like 50 years ago, when a lot of these ladies were a lot cuter, they were out there dancing at the local clubs, and now it's like they're trying to hold on, you know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you don't. I don't know. 
Uh, no, because I'm still 27 years old. I know, but you go, don't you go to family parties where, like, your aunt is celebrating her 65th birthday and she's out there dancing to that song and... Now she's got arms that, like, hit the floor and her ass yeah. is huge. Yeah, well, that's not fun to watch. Yeah, but well, well, 40 years ago, she may have been the hottest girl in the club. Maybe, but yeah. then uh, that's on her for not even, not being able to keep it tight. Yeah, but most people just can't. Just, you know, just I find it sad because I, I was that guy. I was at those clubs. Right, know, and, but the difference is you, you've been able to keep it tight. Well, that's very sweet of you. You're Thank welcome. you. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, I went to a party. The, uh, the people were actually good looking. They were good looking, and they can dance, and that was Donna Sullivan. Donna turned <laughs> this year, and uh, my dear friend Mike Sullivan, that poor bastard is at home right now. His knee is, uh, they operate something on Mike Sullivan every week, this guy. It's unbelievable. Hip, knees, everything. He's Mr. Brennan and Carr, Mr. Sopranos. You know Mike. Everybody loves Mike. All mm-hmm. of his brothers. Yeah. Thomas, Danny, Brian, all the guys in um, Breezy Point. Rockaway, I miss you guys. I miss uh, Jack and Billy Felton and Joe and Marie Ferrante and Joe Murray and... Anthony Carone, my whole crew. I'm coming home soon. I am coming home soon. But um, at any rate, they made a great party for her at the Bell Harbor Yacht Club. And that was fun. They put all that great disco music. And people still look good there. But my family, for example, they they get out there and just looks terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not a good – it's definitely not a good look most of the time. I will tell you that much. Very rarely is it a good look. What are you doing this weekend? What are you – uh, tonight I'm going to the Yankee game. Nice. Alone or you got buddies? Or? Not well. A couple of my buddies are going. Uh, they got legend seats, nice. so I'll meet them there before. But no, I'm going. I'm, I got a date. You I'm, do? I'm going to the game on a date. Is this the same girl from last week? Uh, uh yeah, that I saw on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah same yeah, girl. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. She Jewish? Uh, here he goes again. Why do you keep doing this to your mother? I don't understand. You only dated the, the shiks of the Russian. You broke her heart. Yeah. You can't find one decent Jewish girl out there, not one. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Jewish girls are freaky, man. I know. Why I can't know. you find one? I'm, below, I'm trying. Isn't there like a website, Jew who or something? I'm not and, doing the... I don't want to do that. Well, where'd you meet this chick? A website. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And why are you going to D.C. tomorrow to see Eric Adams? No. no. You're going to hang out with the mayor? No. You, you the mayor, and Janet Yellen? It's my older sister's 30th birthday. Oh, lovely. So now i got to go out She tomorrow. lives in D.C.? Yeah, with her husband and my nephew. Are they in politics? Or? He works at J.P. Morgan in political finance, pretty oh, much. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So yeah. are they, like, in D.C., in the actual city, they're in, or, like, they're Georgetown? In Pot- or? No, they're in Potomac. They're, like, oh, Potomac, yeah, sure. right, right, yeah. right around well. Bethesda, that area. Yeah. Lovely area, by the way. Lovely. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Mm. You got a good weekend ahead of you. I think so. Well, I got a five hour, um, three and a half hour train ride there and back, so that's going to Yeah, but those probably. trains are nice. That's right. I remember um, when I went to visit uh, Abood at Fenway Park a couple years ago, and it was a bad day, rain. So it took me like, it's a one hour flight. It took me four hours to get there. I missed the whole baseball game. Yeah. So they put me on a train back home. It took forever. I mean, forever, but it was great. That food. Movies. It's like a long, you know, air, airplane uh, flight, but you don't have to worry about the plane crashing. No, you don't. No. You just have to worry about the train crashing. And, oh, the train and doesn't s- crash. And spilling Stop. toxins all over a small town. And uh... <laughs> you cut that out. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, we'll play the game next, but I want to keep playing disco. So, all uh, right. So I mean, it's up to you. Do whatever you want. I wrote a game. You did write a game. Yeah. What is today's topic? Felon Friday. Oh, that's right. Felon Friday. You want to do that giveaway though? Get yeah. out a couple winners. I can do that now. Yeah. Oh, what a night. Doo-wop and rock and roll is coming to the Bergen Performing Arts Center. Comes your way Saturday, May the 6th. 
The same day my nephew, Henry, is getting bar mitzvahed in Rockland County. I'll be there for that, Henry's bar mitzvah. Saturday, May the 6th. But I have tickets for you to go see Kenny Vance and the Planetones, Cleveland Still and the Dubs, the Dan Lears, and more. Be calling number 7 right now at 1-800-848-WABC. Parent tickets to see Oh What a Night of Doo-Wop and Rock and Roll. You're not going to want to miss this one. 1-800-848-9222. Call the number 7. And you are heading to Oh What a Night of Doo-Wop and Rock and Roll. Saturday, May the 6th at Bergen Pack, which is five minutes from the GW Bridge in Englewood, New Jersey. Beautiful place. Good luck and enjoy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Men here, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, Jimmy Flippin, Kevin Drosh. I am surrounded, Kurt Sliwa, macho men all over the place, everywhere. All right, uh, we have a contestant for today's game. Yeah. Today's prize is nothing. We have no prizes, and we don't care. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but it's uh, the fun of the game. You get the, your voices on a big-time radio station, and uh, you're on the Sid Rosenberg show. with a big deal right here. You don't need a, what do you want, a piece of Tupperware? You, what do you want? A Yankee ticket? Yeah, it's uh, the pride. It's the pride aspect of it. Right. Win or lose, you can say, hey, today I was on the Sid Rosenberg show. So with that, here's Justin Ellick. Ellick, take it away. Boy, now <laughs> it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take! Sid's Take, yeah! Good luck. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All righty. Your Friday morning. God almighty, thank God. Friday morning edition of the Peerless Boilers Sid's Take Trivia Game. Uh, presented by, or I should I say sponsored by... Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. you got to go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you because they're America's best-built boilers. Today, our contestant, Susan, out in Woodmere. What's going on, Susan? Susan, are you there? Hello, Susan? Susan, 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 Susan. Hello, Susan. Susan, are you there? No, Susan? All right. 
Let's see if Don is up for the game today. Let's see. Let's see if Don's up for the game today. Don, here. Hey, Don, you there? I am here. Hey, you want to play the game? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's play the game. By the way, you're also one of our winners for the uh, contest for the uh, tickets that we just gave away. So do me a favor. When we're done with the game, you'll hang out on hold, and uh, and I'll get your information down for that, okay? Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right, you got it, man. I appreciate you hanging out. All right, so today we've got uh, Felon Friday. It's going to be Felon, um, you know, uh, criminal trivia, I guess you could call it. Okay, you ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right, here we go, my man. Number one. Who was the American organized crime boss who was so successful at avoiding a prosecution that he was nicknamed the Teflon Don? That would be Gotti. Spectacular. Very good, Don. One for one, on to number two. A few considered him a modern-day Robin Hood, but he was a gangster who escaped prosecution until finally brought to justice on tax evasion charges. Who was this Chicago mob boss? That would be Al Capone. Spectacular. Very, very good. Two for two. On to number three. Who was the man who believed that the lyrics of the Beatles song, Helter Skelter, were instructions to begin a race war? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, we had the Schwarzenegger uh-huh. carved into his forehead. Um, Give it to me. I can't remember his name. Oh, my God. Charles Manson would be the correct answer. Yes, Charles Manson. Thank you. Two for three. On to number four. This man murdered six people while they slept. Told police it was a hitman for the mob named Louis Fellini. Then, finally, copped to the crime and said the voices in his head made him do it. What is this man's name? That would be David Berkowitz. Oh. David Berkowitz was a dog. Talking dog. (laughs) This man's name was Ronald DeFeo Jr. Okay. On to number five. He's standing right there, listening to the right answers. I mean, it's out of control. Can't follow the rules. All right, Don. Don's following the rules here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number five, this murderous duo took 15 lives, including their own, and injured 24 in one of the worst school shootings ever. What are the names of this murderous duo, duo, I should say? Dylan Klebold, and I don't know who the other one was. Oh. Loser. Eric Harris would be the second name there. Don. Good effort. I was going to go with Bonnie and Clyde, but I knew that might not be right. Yeah. All right, two for five, Don. That's a good effort. All right, I'll keep you on hold here, and uh, so. and then I'll get your I'll get your info for the uh, for the contest in uh, just a couple of minutes here when the show wraps up. Big guy, you ready to go? I am ready to go. All right, you got to go at least three for five today to, to uh, win today's game. Okay. Ralph says you can give away a gift certificate to Anatonis, but we can't do that. So all right. What do I do today? You got to go three for five at the very least. Okay. And then what happens? Well, then hopefully at some point today we'll end and it'll <laughs> yeah. be the weekend. Okay, good. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. That's funny. Number one, who was the American organized crime boss who was so successful at avoiding prosecution that he was nicknamed the Teflon Don? Gotti. Spectacular. One for one, under number two. Gotti used to go to a nightclub all the time, and it was a really hot, hot place. I'm sure. In New York, it was called Regine's. Oh. Did you know that? No, you ever been? Yes, I have been there. Wow. Used to hang out there with um, 
Lisa Gastineau. Mm. Regime. Beautiful place. Very, very I've cool. been there. Okay. I'm the man, bro. Yeah, you are the man, dude. Yeah. All right, under number two. If you considered him a modern-day Robin Hood, but he was a gangster who escaped prosecution until finally brought to justice on tax evasion charges. Who was this? Capone? Chicago. Yeah. Very good job, Sydney. Two for two. Mm-hmm. Under number three. Who is the man who believed that the lyrics of the Beatles song Helter Skelter were intru- uh, instructions to begin a race war? Oh, uh, uh, Manson. So, uh, you know, when they killed um, that beautiful actress, Sharon Tate, mm. who was carrying the baby, Roman Polanski's baby, mm. and they carved the baby out of her stomach oh. and, and all that stuff. They actually uh, took the blood of all these victims and wrote Helter Skelter on the wall. Yeah. 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 That, that animal text. He was the guy. There was always two girls that yeah. doped out of their faces. But Tex was a badass guy and, and a lowlife. And you ever seen the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I love that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, Emil Hirsch was in that movie. Yes, he was. And he was in Gemini Lounge with me. There you go. But, of course, the stars of that movie were Brad Pitt and uh, Leo. Yes. Brad, Brad was amazing. Brad, it really was amazing. It was a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On to number four. You're three for three. This man murdered six people while they slept. He told police it was a hitman for the mob named Louis Fellini. And then finally, copped to the crime and said the voices in his head made him do it. I don't know his name. This is the guy from the Amityville Horror, right? Yeah. He killed his whole family. His whole family. The Amityville Horror. His name was, um, um, it was like, uh, Donnie. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Ronald DeFeo yes. Jr. Ronald DeFeo Jr., yeah. Yeah. I saw that stupid movie. Yeah. See, I, don't, I don't believe in any of that stuff. No, so me neither. They saw like a big pink pig in the yeah. garage. Please, and, the voices in his head. Come on, you yeah. just murdered your whole family. All right, three for four, you're still doing a good job. Yeah. On to number five. In an attempt to go four for five, you've already won today's game. This murderous duo took 15 lives, including their own, and injured 24 in one of the worst school shootings ever. What are the names of the Columbine duo? Oh, that was Mark Harris and Dylan Klebold. Is that right? Is wrong? Eric Harris. It wasn't Mark? No. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. I know. I pride myself on knowing everything about that day because yesterday was the 24-year anniversary of Adolf Hitler's birthday. Mm -hmm. He purposely did it on that day. Yeah. It was Eric Harris. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he still won. Uh, well, good game. Who wrote that game today? That was me. That was great. Thanks. Justin Alec. He, he's doing it all, folks. I'm trying to. Hosting, doing sports, writing the game, getting every cut. My God, are you tremendous. tremendous. Uh, uh, listen, it's kind of, it's my job. It is literally my no, job. No, no, but you go, you go above and beyond. You're great. I'm really proud of you, man. We'll come back and wrap things up in a great week. Sitting friends in the morning. Come right back. Great job, Justin. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC.
song we played twice today because Noam Layden loves it. The Brothers Johnson. Stop. And we covered it all, folks, as we always do. All of it, right? The IRS whistleblower, we discussed it. Mike Pence killed the abortion pill, we discussed it. Ron DeSantis, six-week abortion ban, we discussed it. I'm trying to think what we didn't discuss. Joe Biden, he's going to announce on Tuesday, probably, via video, he's running for president again. And I still think he's the odds-on favorite to win again, even though I want Trump to win. We discussed it. Kareem Jean-Pierre answering questions about the whistleblower. Transgenders, men no longer allowed to play sports with female. The House passed it. It's going to die in the Senate. But we discussed it. Larry Elder running for president. We discussed it. Huge deal. He's going to win. Win what? The presidency. <laughs> you couldn't even say it. It was so ridiculous. We discussed everything. I mean, Brian Kilmeade was terrific. Marlena Shiva was great. Curtis Sliwa, just unbelievable today. Audie Idala, amazing. The Knicks and Cavaliers tonight. All the NBA playoffs. Brian Geltzader, we discussed it. And, of course, what went down in Newark at the Prudential Center last night. As Marv once said, the Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. Something they're on the way to doing it again. If you missed it, this was last night. Lindgren with it. Now Adam Fox makes a move, drops it back. Tarasenko scores! Outside to Fox. Back to Kane. Kreider at the side of the crease. Kreider deflection! Brad has it. Nice play by Kane. Patrick Kane, excellent play. Gets to it. He's got Kreider. He moves in. He scores! Patrick Kane with a beauty of a goal. And it's 4-1 Rangers. Play by Hedels. In front score! Capo Caco makes it 5-1 Rangers. So the New York Rangers come into New Jersey as the Sturkin clears the puck out. And that will do it. Rangers win each of the first two games by the same score, 5-1. to There it is. Sam Rosen, Joe Micheletti, Sam Rosen, all those goal calls, courtesy of MSG. And my dear friend Kenny Albert, Marv Albert's son, TBS, with the final 5-1 Rangers. They outscore New Jersey 10-2 to in those first two games the lights are on at Madison Square Garden, folks. Later on tonight, a game three between the Knicks and the Cavaliers. That series deadlocked at one. And the lights are on again tomorrow night. The Rangers return home, leading the Devils two games to nothing. Leslie Slender, love her, telling me the sales force at Diggin' Disco Friday. I like that. Great job all week, Justin Ellick, especially on Lou Rapino's stand. I'm really proud of you. Enjoy the Yanks. Enjoy D.C. Thank you. Will do, brother. Noam Layden, you the man, brother. You the man so much, you get the Brothers Johnson twice. All right. So until Monday morning at 6 a.m., folks, enjoy the Knicks, enjoy the Rangers, enjoy the nice weather. God willing, we'll all be back at 6 a.m. Monday. Until then, from all of us to all of you, stop, you mother effers.